fans and welcome to a very special edition of the hls podcast i'm your host ryan ritter you can call me nd text and as always you can catch us recording these podcasts live over at twitch.tv slash loyal sons make sure you subscribe to the podcast over on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at Make sure to come join the rest of the HLS community over on Discord. You can find that at HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us at our home at HerLoyalSons.com. Well, y'all, I have a very special episode of the HLS podcast. There's going to be multiple segments, and we're going to keep it all ad-free because this was all done for charity in a 24-hour stream on November 7th. Uh, to celebrate the Notre Dame Clemson game, but also to raise a lot of money for the Children's Hospital Foundation of Oklahoma City. Over $12,000 so far have been raised and donations are open until the end of the year. You could do that at extralife.ndtex.com. So what you're going to be hearing is a couple special pregame interviews. The first one you'll hear will be from Ty Hildenbrandt of the Solid Verbal. We dubbed it Tailgating with Ty as it was the lead in to the 24-hour stream. And we also have Ms. Tech. She is a Final Fantasy 14 streamer, but she is also a big Clemson fan. So we kind of merged worlds and, and talked a little bit of the game uh, about a half hour before it kicked off. Uh, the halftime show will be the boys from Notre Dame, our blogger, and a post-game show, of course, with Shane. So you're going to hear all of these back to back to back. Since this was for charity, I am going to remove any ads from this episode. Uh, so it's it's going to be it was a lot of fun and really a nice historic way to look back at Notre Dame's 47 to 40 victory. Uh, there were a lot of $47.47 donations to extralife.ndtext.com and just wonder why. But yes, those donations remain open. But anyways, it'll be a longer episode. I will have timestamps down in the description and also the post of HerLoyalSons.com. So if you want to skip to a particular section, so kick back, relax, and enjoy a little walkthrough of recent ND history as we start uh, discussing all the various ins and outs of Notre Dame, Clemson, and the eventual victory of the Fighting Irish over the number one team in the nation. Enjoy, y'all. Okay, y'all, it is time to start kicking off Extra Life 2020, and I am here. Uh, we're going to call this tailgating with Ty, although to kind of pull the curtain back, Ty, it's a, it's a little early in the morning for us to actually uh, be tailgating right now. Uh, you know, who's to say? Who, who's, to, who's to say? How are you? I, I'm doing well. It, is, it has been crazy, but I tell you what, I am absolutely excited uh, for what is going to go down this Saturday. It's what we've all been waiting for, what we've been circling. But before we specifically get into the game, I got to know and ask you a question. Probably the biggest news out of Pennsylvania that we're trying to figure out is how long did you practice trying to pronounce DJ Uwangalele? Oh, man. 
don't do this to me. Yeah, I. <laughs> so the funny thing is, as I try to do, I'm horrible at pronunciations. It's okay. I feel you there. Like, right there with. It's like you. a decade track record of me mispronouncing simple words, and so I've taken to YouTube to try and find clips of announcers, of recruiting analysts, of whoever saying these names that I can hear so that I can use that as a template. And in this case, I, I found a guy who I later discovered, uh, DJ Uyangalele, I think I got that right, referred to this specific video that I just happened to find as the worst version of how you say his name. <laughs> so I, I went with it on one of our shows and just had like a mountain of of email and uh, social media activity telling me that no, 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 like you, you did the, the wrong, the wrong, the wrong, the absolute worst one is what you went with. So I'm working on it. I'm, I still have to think about it at this point, like when I say it. So I'm, hopefully we'll get to the point where it's muscle memory and, uh, and it won't be as hard of a thing, but I'm still, I'm still training myself. Yeah, I, I am too. And honestly, it reminds me of when I try to figure out Ken Nuamatololo. And, and basically, yeah, it's the same thing. Like there's, there's all these crazy names and I'm, I'm well known as well. Uh, rivalry is one that trips me up a lot, especially if I toss red river in front of it. Uh, yeah. so I feel your pain. Uh, my co-hosts love to define the, the ones that are getting tripped up. But the funny part I noticed is that very quickly, uh, despite you getting corrected uh, on the show, uh, Dan is like, oh yeah, DJU, <laughs> like <laughs> that one to step yeah. into the bear trap because there's so much going on. Yeah. I, I mean, in fairness, he's better at it than, than I am. Uh, I think he found, he found the proper <laughs> pronunciation and rolled with that. So he has, he's not uh, fallen victim to the same trap, but, yeah, DJU, it's uh, it's cleaner, so maybe we'll roll with that if uh, Clemson fans are willing to give us that mulligan. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm sure deep down they're they're all scrambling and looking at whatever message boards they can find uh, to find the proper pronunciation, media guide downloads, and everything. But of course, we're having to do this linguistic battle because Trevor Lawrence is out for this game, uh, unfortunately, and and this is kind of like the worst case scenario, right? Nobody, we were all looking forward to this game, but not with the potential of of Lawrence being out. And as our fan base typically does, Ty, uh, it's an immediate tear apart before the game even happens. It's a lose-lose situation, and right. this is still an indictment on Brian Kelly. Um, <laughs> I obviously have opinions on that, and I got to hear a little bit on your show. So how do you, how do you feel as a Notre Dame fan for, for what this game means under these circumstances? Well, under, under these circumstances is doing a lot of work, isn't it? Oh, yeah, tons. Um, and it's it's a very asymmetrical season. There are unexpected turns uh, pretty much on a daily basis. We're seeing now with the Pac-12 starting up, some games have been called off. And obviously the Big Ten's dealing with it. Other conferences have as well. So it, it, if you're working under the assumption that this is going to be a normal season, you're going to be sorely disappointed. And... Um, so with that being said, I, I think we have to at least consider that with regard to what this game means from a Notre Dame standpoint. Um, but, you know, to the, to the question of like, well, what's it mean if they win, but Trevor Lawrence is out or, um, you know, I think it's important. Look, it's, I don't know if it's the ultimate measuring stick that we thought it was going to be a year ago, 
when we look forward to this game and we're like, all right, as Notre Dame fans, if they don't win this game, it's an indictment of the Kelly era. And I, I don't know if I'm willing to go that far right now just because of circumstances. It's it, there's there's a lot riding on it for sure. It's the best team Notre Dame's going to play all year for sure. And at least within the confines of this season, if they don't go out there and at least put in a decent showing, then yeah, it's time to ask some questions about what we're, what we're doing here in 2020. You know, what is this version of Notre Dame? Uh, what, what is, what's the uh, appropriate ceiling for this team? I think those are all fair questions to ask, but because of circumstances, because there are guys out, because it's just, it's just different. Preparation has been altered. You didn't have a normal preseason. Like there's all these variables here. I don't, I'm willing to stop short of making this an indictment on the whole Kelly era. Now, if they go out there and get blown out to a backup quarterback, and if they don't look good, if they can't throw the ball, if they can't run, like then then maybe it's a different story. But I, I expect them. I maybe it's wishful thinking, and uh, you know, depending on when you play this, maybe it's maybe it's going to be obsolete. But I, I would say that I would expect them to at least be somewhat competitive and maybe have another crack at clubs and even if they don't win in a hypothetical ACC championship. So maybe two bites at the apple here, even if the first one doesn't go well, um, you know, there, there might be redemption possibilities around the corner. Yeah. And also, you know, you're saying two bites at the apple. The assumption is that, you know, Lawrence will be healthy. He'll be fine. I, I highly doubt he's going to get Wally pipped out of his starting job. I, I think Dabo will want to put him back in. Uh, but yeah, you know, under these circumstances, still doing a lot of work because we assume there will be an ACC title game. And it's strange to have all those qualifiers right now. It is. It is. And um, yeah, Notre Dame book is in a position right now where they're 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 clearly, I think, the second best team in the ACC. They have a defense that will make sure that the floor is pretty high. And it's a function of how's that defense going to perform against a really good offense? And how is uh, an offense that we're still, at least I personally am a little leery about, how is that going to perform against a really good defense? We haven't, we haven't seen that combination yet this season. And um, it's going to tell us a lot. Yeah, I, I, I agree that the offense is obviously the thing we're looking at. And and your track record, I think, has been well documented on your show that that is the thing you fear, kind of not that you are want to trash Ian Book, but that, look, it's his skill set. He's not a real deep shot QB. That's just kind of it is what it is. Uh, but I'm wondering, because you did make a statement on your preview show that, at least for me, kind of surprised me, at least probably because of how I feel about this team. Uh, but you did mention that you believe that this version, this 2020 version, isn't as good as some of the previous versions uh, that Notre Dame has fielded. Is that because of the offense, or I, I'm just I'm curious where you see the the deficiencies and, and kind of what teams you compare it to? Because obviously you're trying to go through like a thousand games at once, so you don't really get time to flesh these things out. Well, yeah, and I mean, look, it's we're we're all fans of the same team here, mm-hmm. so. Um, for, for as much sometimes as you like to rationalize these viewpoints, it does come down to just that guttural, like, oh, this, how does it make me feel in the pit of my stomach? But I, I would just say that I, what, what bothers me about this team on offense, and bothers is too strong of a word, but what, what I wonder about pretty consistently is who's the playmaker? Who, who is the playmaker? Who is the guy that... Brent Venables has to know where he is at every waking moment on the offense. Who's that guy? It's, it's not anybody out wide. It's 
you know, maybe it's one of the running backs. Um, maybe it's baby Gronk, Michael Mayer. I don't, <laughs> who is it outside of Ian book? Who, who is that guy? And without that, like dynamic playmaking threat, the, the true game breaker, I, I, you know, the offense feels a little bit toothless to me. And so, especially in a game against Clemson, where I think they're good enough to stack eight in the box, take away the running game and force Ian book to air it out. I'm just not confident that in this game or really any game that he he's good enough as a passer to do that. Now, you know, just because that's my preference to see a quarterback air it out a little bit more, if that's not Ian books game and he can play well within those confines, he obviously has, then so be it. You know, that's on me. That's not on him. But I, I just think in a game of this magnitude against Clemson, that you need to be able to offer that, that downfield pop that, um, that, that maybe we haven't seen enough of yet. So I think I come from that place by means of comparison here to previous iterations of Notre Dame, where, look, even if you didn't have a great quarterback, you had a Chase Claypool, you had a Jefferson Marsh, or you had a guy who could just air it up and go get it. And that vertical threat was always sort of in the back of your mind. I just don't, I haven't seen that develop yet. It, it sounds like to, to kind of steal something from your show, it sounds like you need a few different dude alerts to go off uh, at this Clemson <laughs> game right now, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, there's just there. Dan refers to it as a gravitational player, and uh, a gravitational like Reggie Bush, right? That, that's the extreme example. Right. A gravitational player, somebody who you, you needed to know where he was at all times. If you didn't, if you lost track of him, you were going to pay. And Notre Dame's had guys like that in the past, and there's <laughs> they will again. But I just I don't see it on this year's version of the offense, and that's the. That's the one thing really holding me back. Oh, let's let's shift over to the defense because uh, at least when I look at the game, and even when I did my pick and and talking about the game, even you know weeks prior, it, it's really the defensive side of the ball that I think gives me the most hope. Um, they feel elite. They have passed the eye test so far, but they have not faced an offense like Clemson, where you have Travis Etienne, who's not just uh, dangerous in the backfield, but dangerous receiving the ball as well. He's one of their top receivers. Now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence was very well known for airing it out and chucking it deep, and it ended up being the death of Notre Dame at the Cotton Bowl, especially when uh, Love went yeah. down. Uh, how do you feel about this secondary? I, I, I kind of feel bolstered by the depth a little bit. I love Kyle Hamilton in the backfield. Uh, you know, granted, we got a different quarterback back there, but they uh, still like to sling it deep. And DJ showed he was also not afraid to chuck it deep once he got comfortable. So how do you feel about that deep, big chunk threat against the Notre Dame defense? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm with you. The, the defense has just been really solid really solid. They play good team defense. There aren't a lot of household names that people are going to know on that defense. So we know Kyle Hamilton. I don't know if America knows Kyle Hamilton yet. They should. But really at all levels of that defense, they're just really solid players and there's good depth. So as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, it's a defense that plays really well. They're not allowing a lot of points. That's why I said earlier, I think the floor is pretty high for Notre Dame simply because that defense is going to keep them in game. So I, I feel good about pretty much all three levels of the defense. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about there being a huge deficiency that can be exploited by Clemson. The thing that I'm most concerned about is that Notre Dame's defense has not seen a team like Clemson this year. And uh, the, there are things that they can do offensively that 
frankly, we haven't seen Notre Dame try to defend yet or have to defend against yet playing the, the schedule that they have. So I, I, I always worry about a situation like that being a little bit of a culture shock. And, uh, you know, Clemson coming out there, guns a blazing and Notre Dame just not being ready for it. I, I don't I don't think that'll be the case. I think Clark Lee will have them prepared. It's part of why I think it's going to be a fairly tight game for for most of the while. Um, we'll, we'll see how DJ responds in a, in a key situation on the road. This is clearly going to be the biggest college football game that he's played. And he could do a lot of the same stuff, by the way, that uh, Carol Lawrence could do. He's, he's a good thrower. He can, he can move. He can, like, there's a lot to like there. There's a reason he was a, a five-star recruit, but he is green and, and he's young. And as we saw last week, he, he was very good, very good. But there, there were some, some plays that he missed that I don't think Trevor does. So uh, playing off that, I think Clark Lee has some options. And provided the defense can remain as solid as it has in the early going here, in the first half of this season, I think they'll be fine to at least hang tight. Um, I think a lot comes down to the offense. What can they do against this really good Clemson front? Yeah, and 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 for the, the staking on the defense, one of the things that I, I think has been real hard this season is typically, especially when you have the situation of a really green quarterback going against a top-flight defense, you at least – Previously, I think when you look at a game, you're like, wow, that home field advantage really sticks out. And now it's kind of varied. Uh, it's like more of an inconvenience factor. You can only get the student body. It's literally the stadium right now and some faculty. That's that's your crowd noise. So wh- yeah. when, when you've been looking at games, have you been uh, feeling like there's actually still a home field advantage, especially when it comes to defenses, maybe? trying to rattle younger players or you know kind of do you have you had a feeling this season of we shouldn't even pay attention to that it's it's kind of a wash this year i'm really curious on your thoughts because that was originally the big thing right clemson's finally coming to notre dame it's in november it's going to be cold (laughs) and now there's barely a crowd it's gorgeous weather for especially for south bend in november so how are you feeling about all that i think i think it's somewhere in the middle um, you know, there's, there's not zero effect for being on the road and there's not like Phil Steele, uh, kind of a legend of the, of the college football pregame business has done this for eons, the home field advantage where he scores different stadiums. And I forget where Notre Dame came down, but you know, in some cases you've got stadiums that are like a four or five point advantage by his metric. It, it's probably somewhere in the middle. I know, uh, someone that we really look up to Bill Connolly now for ESPN who does the SP plus he's, he's been kind of trying to deal with this circumstance as well. And, um, you know, I think he came down a couple of weeks ago at about a two point advantage. Normally it might be three. So it, you know, it varies obviously based on the stadium and the circumstance, but I, I think the inconvenience factor is, is probably what my eye is trained most on because of protocols, because of the circumstances we're in with the pandemic. To go on the road, even though you may not have that crowd element everywhere, like we've seen in the past, just the the sheer difficulty of getting to the game and um, having to go through protocols. And, you know, I mean, Notre Dame had a, had a deal with this where they were like in a hotel eating breakfast or in a stadium eating breakfast. I forget what the story was, but it's... Yeah, I believe it was in the stadium that ESPN the stadium. highlighted and had all the plexiglass up, which was... For hat tip, but yeah, that's insane. You don't really think about that on a normal road trip. So it's 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 just a lot more, I think, moving parts that you have to contend with, and that's 
that's probably what plays the biggest factor. Yeah, so, um, you know, kind of going big picture as well. Obviously, this it's a very strange season, season because we can talk about Notre Dame and a game having ACC title implications for themselves. Uh, you know, how have you felt about the prospect of Notre Dame playing slash potentially winning a conference championship? Is it something that uh, they're going to wish that didn't have to happen, hurt their playoff chances, would be absolutely hilarious if it happens, should be a goal? I mean, I, I think my feelings are all, all over. I like the humor factor mostly, but uh, I'm actually worried, you know, for playoff only because this season, it got the season got a lot easier, I think, when the ACC schedule came out. Yet, playoff chances got a lot harder with potentially facing Clemson twice. How, how do you feel about this very odd little one-year conference with benefits deal? Yeah, well, first off, there's a dude with a chainsaw outside. I don't know how I sound, if that's... Uh, I haven't heard it yet. So Zoom you don't hear it yet? Some okay. fantastic canceling on your side. That's, that's the wonder <laughs> of Apple AirPods, I guess. I... I am thrilled at the possibility of a quirk. Um, maybe I'm the only one, but when all of this started, I might have been the only person who was quasi excited about the possibility of a spring season. I generally I'm for anything that's just a little quirk <laughs> and a little bit different. And it's not just because I want to have stuff to talk about on the podcast, but um, and anything kind of like different to me is like, okay, my eyes drawn to it. And so I, I have, I've said for months now, I'm very curious to see what the eventual output is from being in a conference for one season, one season only. Will Notre Dame come away from this experience feeling like they got more out of it than they expected? I know, I know that Notre Dame has a deep history. It's, it's got deep roots in uh, remaining independent. It's part of the fabric of the program and the university. It's something that I just, I don't think a lot of people truly can respect, but I know it's there. I am just curious to see if that mindset shifts at all after this, after this one year run in the ACC. I think it's possible. We won't know for years, but from at least that standpoint, I'm, I'm very curious. And then, you know, specifically with regard to the season and maybe playing Clemson twice and look, I'm all about Notre Dame playing as high quality teams as possible. I would love to see that measuring stick. We, we talk about, well, is an indictment of Brian Kelly? What's it mean in the grand scheme of his tenure? And like, let's play as many good teams as possible so that we can get that answer. And so I think they're going to have an opportunity to play, you know, some other quality teams in the schedule, North Carolina, and I forget who else is on the, on the schedule the rest of the way. But, you know, the point is they get two cracks at Clemson. It's different. Um, Provided they don't get blown out in their first go round here, even if they lose, they probably still have a realistic shot at a playoff game. So um, I don't know. I think I'm I'm more like intoxicated by the mere quirkiness of it than I am uh, what it means in the grand scheme of like playoff qualification. I just I like that it's a little different and that I I, I still haven't figured out what it means specifically with like does it give them a better shot or not. I'm just I like the fact that they might play Clemson twice and that it's a quirk. 
Yeah, uh, I, I know. I'm, I'm very much on the side. I'm, I'm a wrestling fan, so I feel like we're we're the NWO coming in. <laughs> Take the ACC title, spray paint it. We even have, I'm not wearing it right now. I need to wash it because uh, I want to bust it out uh, tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, the got a ND Irish thing in the style of the NWO. That's that's what I'm hoping because one and done, I think, would be great. Um, but I like that, you you know, it's going to be a little intoxicating to Notre Dame, this little Clemson thing. It's kind of important because at least I felt I, I'm not sure if you feel this because it, it seems the Irish have run into bad luck with their schedule only in the sense that when they're really good, their traditional rivals that are also typically really good seem to be really bad or, or not quite to the level they expect. Uh, do you have that feel or is it just uh Things are hard as an independent and the, the chips just fall where they do. And it's life. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't help that they're Notre Dame. It doesn't help that they've got a target on their back each and every week. Teams play up for Notre Dame. It's a schedule that it's a, well, they're always playing a schedule where they've got teams that have that date circled. And so there really aren't as many breaks for them as there might be for, for, for other schools. Um, I just feel like teams are up to play them. It's it's a, a, a minefield each and every year. So, you know, it's it's tough to be an independent. Um, they've obviously gotten to the point where they've got credibility in their in their current role as like the top independent. Uh, but tying it back into what we just talked about with the ACC, I'm curious to see if if they find that it's a smoother glide path, let's say, to get to the postseason through this little endeavor with the ACC. I'm, I'm, I'm just really curious to see what they, what Jack Swarbrick and the brass feel about this a year or two removed from the experience. Is, is this something that they determine is going to be more in the long-term health of the football program than previously thought? I'm sure our fan base, whatever the decision is, will be very, you know, level headed and take everything, oh, you know, <laughs> very calm and measured and just thoughtful about the about the approach. Uh, I, I want to kind of do uh, before we, we kind of start dismounting here, because I want to talk about what you're all doing at the solid verbal overall. But I remember the last time I got a chance to sit down and interview you. It was before and it feels like a decade ago at this point. Um, it, it was before your live pick show uh, down in my neck of the woods. And when we talked about Notre Dame, you made the statement. It's like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of storylines because Notre Dame is just a good, boring football team. And it's kind of weird, right? Uh, do you feel like that's almost the identity they're trying to claim now? Because when it comes to the offense and, and maybe even the defense as well, it's not overly flashy, but it just gets the job done at, at this point. Do you still kind of have that feeling or, you know, we kind of talked about it earlier. Is that where Notre Dame kind of is, or do you think they're still trying to find ways to, to claw up and maybe have a little bit of that flash here and there? I, I personally would like a little bit more flash. It's a little bit. <laughs> Um, I think a little bit of flash should go a long way, but I think in the bigger picture, it's more sustainable. It's more sustainable. You know, we, we think back to the Weiss era and, um, Weiss was all flash. It was all flash. It was built on flash. And that was, I mean, he had like one or two good years, but it was all based on flash and there was really no, no substance behind it. And Kelly in many ways is built in reverse order. He, he has built depth. He's gotten really strong line play. He's gradually built up the defense. It's taken a while to get here, but 
we finally are now at a point where at least defensively, it's a solid defense. It's been a solid defense for a couple of years running. You haven't really had to worry about that side of the ball uh, the way you did during the, we'll go back to the Weiss era. You know, that was a liability. So he he's done so in a manner that has been, I think, really responsible and, and really thoughtful. They've, they've elevated that defense gradually over the course of time. Uh, offensively, look, offensively, they've, they've pretty much done well at, at every position. They've done really well at wide receiver. Look at some of the guys in the NFL. Tight end is a, is a strong spot. We don't even need to talk about the offensive line. The two places really that you could call into question would be running back and quarterback. And we're, we're seeing a little bit of that now with Book. Uh, a very good serviceable college quarterback, no doubt. Um, the first three-year consecutive starter Kelly's ever had. He knows the system. There are limits to what he can do. That might be okay. We'll find out in this Clemson game if that's okay or not. But there, there is not a, a ton of flash on this offense as presently comprised. And I think that's where they could use a little bit more of it. But as a whole, the way that the system's been built, the way that Kelly has gone about his business, uh, I know there are many in the Notre Dame community that feel like he, he should be doing better. As Notre Dame head football coach, I would tell those people it's not 1988 anymore. Right. It's, it's harder. <laughs> it's harder to be a top dog year in and year out. To get to the Clemson or Alabama or even Georgia level is incredibly difficult. And I think they are on the precipice of pushing up against that that maybe that the the bottom edge of that lower tier. And a lot of teams would kill to be there. So maybe it's not enough year in and year out, but it's I think it's gotten to the point now where we we sort of know what to expect from Notre Dame year in year out, and that's that in my mind is a, is a pretty big like a quantum leap forward. Yeah, the consistency has absolutely been comforting, and and that's something we haven't been able to say as Notre Dame fans uh, in in previous eras. So I agree with you there, but yeah. uh, you know, very excited that you gave us uh, your thoughts on Notre Dame. But I, I do want to highlight what you're doing at the Solid Verbal because I mean just a mainstay in the college podcasting game, you know, uh, and not only that y- y'all are making uh, big deals to where you're, you're like with a different network. Now there is a Patreon. I've gone from now the second year in a row, you've done two to three shows a week. Um, the first question I want to ask, especially because in these trying times that we're in, right, right. <laughs> how in the world have you been able, cause I remember you mentioned, uh, you know, the fatigue and I, I felt that when you talked about the fatigue that you have in a normal season, uh, but damn, I felt like I hit that in September and I don't podcast nearly yeah. as much as you and Dan do, not just during the season. I mean, we have three shows too, but they're far shorter. Uh, but now you have bonus shows on the Patreon. How in the world have you found uh, the energy and the the motivation to do so? And are you having similar fatigue, or somehow the the new adventure is making this more fun for you? It's it's a really good question, actually. And uh, my my wife and actually Mama H, who I talk about on the show, my mom, they they make fun of me because every year, religiously, every year around week nine or week ten. I, I kind of go into this moment of extreme fatigue and panning. It's like, oh, why am I doing this? What am I? And, um, you know, you always pull through it. But um, this year, I haven't quite had that. I, I think it's because each week really does bring a, a new challenge and a new storyline with it. It is so quirky. 
and uh, you preview a game on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and by the time you get to Friday, it's off, and the, the entire landscape is different. So maybe I've been distracted by that. Um, you know, maybe I've been distracted by some of the cool things we're working on. It's um, it's one thing when you're really just doing the podcast in the manner that we've done it for the last decade. It's another when you, you start seeing real momentum um, in in other aspects of the the whole media picture that you're trying to build. Um, we've been doing this show since 2008, and uh, I like to say it's it's before people knew what podcasting was. I, I personally have been doing the podcasting thing before there was a word for it. So I've been. I'm kind of like a veteran, I guess, at this point of, of the industry. And it's easy to grow tired of doing that after you've done it for some period of time. But this is really the first, I think, true attempt that Dan and I have made to to build more of an apparatus around what we're what we're really proud of with the solid verbal, with, with our college football community that we've got going on over ballers, as we like to say. And um, you know, so like you said, we we started the Patreon. The Patreon gives us an opportunity to do new things that we've always wanted to do that we just we never really had structure around before. So we're doing a lot more video content. We're, we're doing you know all sorts of new little bonus things that that we can offer to people who like our brand of content. That again, things that we've long planned to do but just never really honestly tried to. So there's that. Um, you know that's that's it's more work. There's no doubt it's more work, but it's labor of love for us. It's something that we would enjoy doing, even if we, you know, <laughs> if we didn't have to. And on top of that, as you mentioned, uh, we did sign a pretty big deal with Learfield IMG College, who's a titan in the college football world, uh, just with broadcasting rights. Uh, I forget exactly how many schools they they own the rights to, but uh, to be able to listen to an Alabama game and hear ads for the solid verbal is pretty cool. And uh, that that in and of itself is kind of an accomplishment for for Dan and I to um, to, to figure out a way to get in, into the ears of people out there who we know listen to college football and are passionate about college football. Obviously, if they're listening to it on the radio, but we we've just never had a vehicle to get in front of those get in front of those college football fans. So now that we've kind of gotten to the point where we can feel this real momentum, not just in terms of new things that we're doing, but also new people that we're reaching, um, I, I think that's offset a little bit of that fatigue that I would normally get. Um, that being said, the season is like kind of longer this year because of different schedules and postponements and whatnot. So maybe I'll be singing a different tune a month from now, but at least for now, when normally I would really be feeling the heat, I'm, I, I still feel like if, if, as long as my voice doesn't cut out on me, I still feel like I've, I've got a pretty good level of energy and enthusiasm around it. Uh, that's awesome. I feel like I got a little bit of a shot in the arm, uh, you know, to obviously this is a video game thing that we'll mix this into, but we did our, our weekly sim and we've let it be its own reality this year, which uh, has been awesome. Uh, that gave me a, a weird shot in the arm, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm having to deal with the, the virtual kindergarten thing. Uh, let me, let me tell you, I, yeah. Uh, I, I love my kids and I love my family, but man, that has definitely <laughs> the fatigue. So, uh, uh, Dan, like doing another podcast, you know, on its own, uh, on his own too, or, or really not on his own, but, uh, uh, within yeah. that network, uh, has been incredible to see y'all go out and, and uh, to get to that Patreon, I believe it is verballers.com, correct? Verballers.com. Yeah. Go on out to verballers.com and, uh, and see what we're, 
offering in the way of bonus content and some of the other perks that we're that we're offering. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that uh, I've mentioned it before uh, on a couple shows, uh, I think at least uh, I have literally had a Patreon in draft for about five years now. So <laughs> I, I definitely know the feeling of wanting to do more. Uh, eventually, I'm going to jump off that ledge. I don't know when it definitely feels weird to try to do it this year, mostly because I don't have the energy <laughs> and time to devote right. to it. Uh, yeah. But it's been awesome to see uh, y'all take off on it. Uh, also, like the the former Every day should be Saturday, folks. Then now the Moon Crew doing it. Uh, it it's really cool to watch. Uh, it, it feels, um, and I, I want to get your take on this. It almost feels like when the blogs, you know, started to rise and podcasting started to rise, and now that everybody seems to kind of have their, you know, not necessarily their own thing because they've always had it, but it's like different avenues now. And at least to me, as mostly a fan, I mean, I I have no. Uh, delusions about where my show stands in the greater college landscape but uh it, it feels like a, as as a fan it's like a newer thing and there's more stuff to go seek and explore um i know you're you're more heavy on the the content creation side obviously but have you felt that this is kind of like almost a a second renaissance of like a blog type era i my comparison that i always use is it's like it's still like early youtube um it it's almost following the exact same pattern that we saw with early YouTube. At first it was who can make a video and like upload it to this thing. You know, if you could, if you could do it, 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 it Charlie biting the finger, like if you can get the video up, <laughs> people are going to watch it and they're going to love it. And so at first it wasn't so much about the quality of the video as it was just the video itself. And then over the course of time, right. It was, well, if you, you we had more people doing it and naturally folks would gravitate towards the the videos that look better and then over the course of time it wasn't just how they looked and the quality of the video it was well is the content good and now we're at a point where um well that there was also a point in there where people were and still are to some extent making able to make big money off it um if their content was good enough and it could garner an audience then sponsors were interested in that and, and now we're at a point <clears throat> excuse me with with YouTube where, you know, technically speaking, everybody can make money off their videos. If they get enough views, you can, you can, you can earn a few shekels here and there. I think podcasting is, is following a similar model. It's obviously not apples to apples, but um, those of us like Dan and I, who were very early on in the curve, um, we're lucky that we got there pretty early on. Uh, I think first, if not one of the first in the college football world, and you know we we've been able to evolve our process so it sounds good i like to think we have good content i think our our numbers would hopefully back that up but um you know i, I see it happening all across the the media landscape it's um it, whereas before it was can you record and get it uploaded now it's can you actually engage an audience and so i think what you're seeing is the the folks that can are finding ways to branch out and do things like patreon or do more video content or um but you know just gain a little bit more notoriety with what they're doing on the podcasting front because there's certainly an appetite for it um especially now you know you talk about fatigue being at home with with little ones and virtual school and we we just have so many other demands on our time that uh one of the things i know people are telling us is that they're just they're they're sort of just looking for an escape and um 
podcasting actually fits pretty nicely into those little nooks and crannies of people's lives. It's it's generally when people listen. It's when they're at the gym or when they're on, in the car on the way to work. Or it, it sometimes it's just um, it, you, you kind of luck out with um, being in the right place at the right time. And I think that's what podcasting is right now. So it's um, I think there's a lot of exciting things to come in the space. How it evolves is anyone's guess. I've like I said, I've been I've been doing this since 2004. I thought podcasting was going to die like eight times, and it has. So <laughs> show, shows what I know in the grand scheme here, but it, you know, suffice to say it's, it's come a long way. It's great to see that so many people are, are doing it. I don't care how big shows are. I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled that people have really taken to the medium. Uh, not the least of which is that like 80% of, I forget what the number is now, but it's just a lot of people are recognized. They recognize the word podcast. They know what it is. That's like a huge step forward in and of itself. So these are certainly exciting times. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have, been on this roller coaster the whole time yeah it's been great to follow y'all and and i i agree with the the podcast and becoming a more ubiquitous term and now that i'm working at home i use the setup i have here because it's more comfortable than using my work laptop and i got a yep. mic here and they're like wow that sounds really good like do you actually have a podcast or something like questions <laughs> i never would have expected to get at work for people that don't know what i do in my spare time uh it's really cool but uh i have no idea if uh, this is going to hit any ears of people that do not subscribe to the solid Marvel, but folks i've been a fan of this show of her baller for a long time i need to get on the patreon train myself uh, take a look at it i'll, I'll admit i'm behind all that <laughs> uh but uh there's there's so much cool stuff that they do uh three shows a week uh especially if you like a good landscape picture and doing cool stuff like interviewing matthew mcconaughey which was absolutely <laughs> incredible uh loved it especially yeah, when was dan fun. was like oh, where, where are you gonna take me where are you gonna take me and without too much spoiling the answer guys like oh we're gonna party and it was like basically his house and i, I like love yeah. that it's like no parties parties at my place you don't have to go anywhere in Austin. I, let me let me let me throw in one one uh bit about mcconaughey he was so for people he's promoting a book right yeah. right and that's that's sort of the the avenue through which we were able to bring him on the show i've tried for years i, I look back it's been like since 2009 that i've tried to get him on he's like a notable texas guy a college football fan mm -hmm. knows a lot about it a lot of people who are fans he actually knows a lot about it so you can have an informed discussion with him finally worked out this year super pumped about it and um as opposed to some others, you know, who we've had on the show, coaches and players and commentators, what have you. Um, Conahay was on time. He was happy to be there, gave us more time than most people. He gave us like 45, 50 minutes, which is awesome. And was just uh re really engaging and, and happy to be having the discussion. So um you, you never really know what to expect when you're gonna be talking to someone of that that level of prominence, but he was he was a good dude and uh would, would definitely i'm not here to promote his book but uh you know I'm, he i came away a bigger fan than i was before it was cool to have that experience uh, very awesome yes over to the solid verbal uh, the youtube channel is the solid verbal if i remember correctly right yep. uh .com for the patreon you can find ty at ty hildenbrand uh solid verbal on twitter and of course on all your podcasting mediums ty uh speaking of people on time gracious with time i gotta thank you again for uh 
coming on here. I think this is like the second or third year in a row you've helped out uh, with promoting Extra Life. Uh, so that's awesome. And uh, and take care of that that instrument of yours. And uh, maybe we'll just uh, get to celebrate a win here on, on Saturday evening. I, I sure hope we finally get over that hump. I, I sure hope you do. Look, I, I appreciate all the kind words that you've said about what we're doing. It's always good to come on, you know, anytime. Anytime, it's uh, it's always a thrill. And um, kudos to you for doing this. Kudos to you for doing this. I know it's a really good cause. I think it's super creative. And, um, you know, I just, I, I think it's uh, it's testament to you to to be doing this and have such passion around it. So um, I, I'm sure this one will be even better than the last, but uh, keep fighting the good fight. Oh, absolutely will do. We, we're here to kick cancer's ass. Thank you so yep. much, Ty. Appreciate it. Uh, go Irish. And, uh, I guess, can I, can I say, stay solid to you? Is that, is that sure. You say whatever Absolutely. you want. Yeah. All right. Well, he's Ty Hildenbrand. I'm Ryan Ritter. Ty, stay solid. Go Irish. Thank you so much. Take care. Uh, this is Ms. Tech. She is a Final Fantasy 14 streamer. She has actually helped me get through a lot of Final Fantasy 14 through her wonderful YouTube walkthroughs since I don't have the time to play regularly all the time. But also, Ms. Um, if you or any other Clemson fan, because I know uh, when Clemson fans come into town, they have those Tiger Paw $2 bills. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Sorry, not trying to flash the the tatas, but uh, this is my my lucky shirt. I literally wear it every Saturday in the fall. I never wash it, so it's a little stinky, but uh, <laughs> it definitely has gotten us championship wins. I gotta, I gotta, I have to be very careful with it. I, I barely to, fit into it now, but <laughs> I need it not to work this week, though. Yes. Well, this is this is my lucky <laughs> get up too, because uh, they're trying to do a. The Irish wear green. Uh, this was back from uh, back when I was a student, uh, and it's got my lucky number number nine on it. So we're we're both trying to do our our lucky stuff. So this I know Your number ahead. is nine. Yes. Uh, when I played soccer, my number was nine too. Oh, look at that. That's awesome. Look at that. Kindred <laughs> spirits right off the bat. Uh, but yes, because I know Clemson fans like to come around with two dollar bills uh, when they come into town. I saw it all over the place when they were here for the Cotton Bowl. So really? because of that, and I do have one Clemson fan that did this. So hopefully if I test it, it'll, it'll pop up correctly. So yeah, the Clemson fight song will go off and we'll get the virtual tiger paw. What donation is that? Is that like a donation? Yeah, this is a, this happened to be $52, but it can be a $2 donation. So we got lots of different options that we could do. And the great part about it is I can't stop it. <laughs> So, Why would you want to? Uh, obvious reasons. So, um, if y'all do want to come troll me a little bit, uh, Clemson fans, you know how to do it now. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to turn it down just a bit so we can get the interview going. So, Ms., um, again, thank you for coming. And obviously, uh, a lot of people know you from Final Fantasy XIV, but, you know, I, I had started following you on Twitter and such, and was wondering how you became a Clemson fan. You told me your story a little bit and it's pretty awesome. Why don't you uh, share with everybody? You might have to wait for the fight stock to stop because it's pretty loud. Here, let me let me turn it down on your end. How about that? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, so it's just, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of people, at least from my 
my chat might know this story maybe because we've talked about it a little bit. But basically, um, so I'm originally from Canada. And if you live in Canada, maybe, and I don't know if you follow college, well, our version of college football, it's basically non-existent or it just sucks a lot. Um, so I grew up not really knowing much about football, like none of my family, you know, what cared about football or watched it. Um, and so I didn't even know the rules of football like 13 years ago, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and then I met my, uh, my now husband who is a massive, 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 massive Clemson fan. He comes from, like, he grew up in the upstate of South Carolina. His entire family has like Clemson ties. It's just insane insanely ingrained into his life and so when we first met that was like one of the first things that he was like what are your thoughts on college football and i was like what what, what is that um so over time like he eventually moved up here or up to canada not here um and he would find like there was it was impossible for him not to find a way to watch clemson every saturday and so literally just brainwashed me successfully over the years and then i eventually just got into it basically like i am a pretty big college football fan now which is <laughs> unexpected but uh yeah a lot of fun yeah it's awesome uh, i remember when i met my wife that was one of the things was like well i found out she went to southern illinois so they have a football team but not much of one since they're in the fcs and uh, one of the ways I knew she might be able to stick around with me was uh, we suffered a really bad loss and she was fine with me just stewing in my own uh, sorrow and actually hung around yeah. me. So um, it's been awesome to do that. But since you're a Canadian, I'm curious uh, if you are aware of Chase Claypool. He now plays mm -hmm. for the Steelers. Hmm. Oh, I need to make really not? I need to make you a Chase Claypool fan because he is a fellow Canadian. So okay. that's number one. He played for Notre Dame. Now he plays for the Steelers. So uh, I don't know how much you you like pro football, but uh, mm. there's not really that much. <laughs> yeah, there's very there's very few people Canadians that end up making in the NFL. Uh, he was actually on College Game Day. So we need to. Oh, that's so cool. Maybe we can't make you a Notre Dame fan, but maybe we can make you a Chase Claypool fan. That might work out fairly well. Maybe I do like uh, following the kids that do come from Canada because I always like my my ears peak whenever the announcers are like, oh, he's a recruit from Edmonton or whatever. Right. And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> it's so rare, right? Like you don't often see a lot of uh, kids make it to, you know, like call it like actual real college football, I guess. <laughs> right. So uh, how are you feeling about this game right now? Because it's a it's a little bit different than I think when you and I started to plan this. I mean, we were not expecting yes. Trevor Lawrence to be out or, yeah. you know, some of the defensive players you all have out. How are you feeling right now with the injuries and stuff? I don't know. The injuries kind of do worry me because we've had like, I think that's been our weakness all season so far. Uh, our defensive line isn't as, I guess, strong, you could say. But we've also have been missing like some really great players, so I can't really fault them for that. Um, not having Trevor Lawrence for this game obviously is a little terrifying. However, I have I have a lot of faith into DJ, our, our backup. I feel like he played really well under duress last week. Um, it took him a little bit to like, you know, first quarter. I don't know if you watched the game, but first I, quarter was a little bit. I absolutely watched every moment <laughs> <Okay>. I could. <laughs> yeah, I was like super worried the entire first quarter. I was or first half. I was like, 
it, it was probably like the worst I'd ever seen them play. So I was sweating a little bit, but then after that half, um, like he, he came back and he, he, I don't know, he played like he wasn't, I don't know. I guess the whole team played a lot better. It wasn't just him, but after seeing the second half of that game, I was like, okay, you know, like we might, we might be okay. And now that he's had more time to prep, I don't think it's as like spooky as it was for Boston college, but I don't know. We'll see my, I don't know. I hate predicting things. Cause I'm always, I'm going to get it wrong or whatever. I'm just going to end up drink, jinxing them or whatever, but I oh, go for it. You're more than welcome no, to deliver no, the no. mid jinx. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Um, I don't know. I feel like Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be on the sidelines for this game. So I feel like he'll be able to talk to him if, if necessary. Um, I'm hoping it'll be okay. I mean, I don't want to bring up the last time we played Notre Dame, but just saying yeah, <laughs> we can just carry and, on that momentum. <laughs> and the last, uh, last time it happened, we had a, an injury of our own and the, the game turned on yeah. its head. I was in the stands and, very, very sad after a while. You went to that game? That's awesome. I was, yes. It's, it, so cool. it was in my backyard, and uh, it, the chant, the times that Notre Dame actually is able to play in Texas are few and far between. Mm. So uh, I was very excited for that and, and not very excited after. Uh, the tailgate was great, though. The tailgate was How awesome. How expensive were those tickets? <laughs> um, it actually wasn't god awful because I hopped on them pretty quick uh, once okay. it became clear that they were going to the playoff and had learned my lesson about like trying to watch the ticket market. So I found a decent mm-hmm. price. It wasn't too bad. Uh, uh, my wife and I got to take my dad, too. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. Because uh, yeah. my, my dad's been a recent college football convert. He grew up, you know, it was it, I'm from Dallas. So it was always Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. And I didn't mm-hmm. get into football until I went to college and I went to Notre Dame, really fell in love with everything around the sport. And then my dad started to like it. My sister went to Auburn. So, I mean, totally, you know, oh, both sides <laughs> of the country. Right. Uh, and, you know, he's just been full blown into it, just loves it. So it's been a, a nice renaissance for our entire family to just become these diehard college football fans. And uh, yeah, and it's fun. Like, it's fun to have something like that that you can share either with family or friends, because it's like every Saturday you have something exciting to look forward to. Right. What are your guys' uh, COVID protocols for the stadium? Are you do you guys have uh, students allowed into the section? Fans? Yes. Is it like so it's, half? it's basically all students. So no no additional okay. fans. I know Clemson has been doing almost like and it looks awesome on on TV or in photos. It's just like these perfect stripes all up and down yeah. uh, Death Valley. <laughs> Little seats. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just the students, uh, some faculty and staff. Uh, the attendance will be somewhere around ten thousand when all is said and done. It will look okay. very weird on TV because they. They will have claimed that mm-hmm. they um, have these like pod protocols. It's the students that kind of live with each other off campus and dorms. Yeah, um, but it does kind of look hodgepodgey. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. In some of the I shots. know exactly what you mean. It's, it's so weird this year. Are they pumping in sound like they did for um, some of these other games? They're allowed to because mm-hmm. the ACC has allowed them to. I think they might be pumping some in, but I honestly don't know how much they have been. On TV, it sounded mm-hmm. pretty natural. Our stadium's kind of quiet anyway, so, I mean, it hasn't sounded too much different than me. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how that works out. Um, but, yeah, I, I, one thing I am hoping that is different, because, like you said, the momentum from the last time uh, that y'all played us uh, you know, the, the secondary has gotten a lot better. There's more depth on the team, which helps. 
Uh, I, I really, and, and all, all signs are pointed to uh, this game happens again in the ACC title game. Yeah. So, so how cool is it that Notre Dame, like this year is able to win? I like, think it would like be how, hilarious. I would love for you guys to join the ACC like full time. And I understand why they don't because money, whatever. But I think it'd be really cool because then I don't know. You guys kind of bring like a little bit more of a yeah, you know, we actually an actual make, team to fight against. Yeah, we yeah, there's there is that problem in the ACC right now. <laughs> uh, our, our schedule got a hell of a lot easier when we had the the full conference schedule, which was really funny. Mm-hmm. We got to avoid playing Southern Cal, although they didn't look so hot today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got to avoid playing Wisconsin, but it seems like everybody gets to avoid playing Wisconsin right now. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens in the Big Ten. Uh, that that all looks like a complete disaster right now. Um, but, at, you know, the, the end I of- mean, when doesn't the Big Ten look like a big disaster? <laughs> uh- <laughs> see, I knew it. I knew Fox this fired. would be great. Yes. <laughs> Well, hey, Michigan lost again, so it's uh, that always makes me happy. Penn State lost, which gave me a good chuckle. Uh, I haven't been able to keep up with uh, too much else uh, as far as what's been going on in the Big Ten, uh, but Maryland beating Penn State uh, gave me a chuckle, and Indiana beating Michigan was pretty great. Um, yeah, so, that was a fun game to watch. So, yeah, and, and one of the things I'm hoping we can do, because when you said that your defensive line isn't as good as you had hoped, I, I got a little... A uh, l- little well, bit of maybe. Some- I don't think they're like bad by any means. Oh no, I'm just no. Worried about the injuries that have taken yeah. core elements away. You but know, <laughs> the fact the fact I've heard a Clemson fan say it because that's Notre Dame's offense right now is putting all the big bodies up front. Uh, it's not very flashy. Uh, it's it's weird to say that. Um, you know, because last few times we have played, there has been, a, you know, both teams trying to pass a lot, air it out. Obviously, Trevor has a much stronger arm than Ian Book ever had. Uh, same thing with DJ, which, by the way, uh, the fact that I had to learn how to pronounce uh, Ui, Ui, Ui 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 um <laughs> has been driving me up the wall. So, yeah, uh, you know, DJ is a massive mountain of a man. So. We, mm-hmm. we got kind of like this unheralded three-star quarterback back there. He's he's good enough to get the job done, but he's not going to be the game breaker. Uh, so it is going to be up to the running game. It is going to be up to if they could make sure Book doesn't get destroyed all game long. So mm-hmm. hearing a Clemson fan worry a little bit about the defensive line makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I worry about like both our defensive line and our line. Like I, I worry a lot. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I honestly don't know what to expect. Is, is it you know, kind of not, like from your perspective, it's OK if you lose because you feel like you got a chance to make up for it or no? No, no I saw that face. <laughs> no, perfection or bust. No, um, I mean, OK, so obviously when I started watching Clemson, we were losing to like the triple option in Georgia Tech, like against Georgia Tech. So now it's like I've experienced both sides of it where it's like you still enjoy it when they're losing and they suck and they have horrible seasons. But then we've gotten so spoiled these last like seven years, if you will, that it like anytime we get close to losing, cause I feel like every, every season Clemson has this like one game that like scares them or like, you know, writes them back onto the proper path or whatever. Um, and every time we have those games, like, I would say Boston College last week was probably the closest to that that we've we've had. We've never been down by that many points going into a half uh, into halftime. So whenever I, I see those games, I get like physically just oh my god, it hurts. And so I don't want to see us, you know, do poorly. Obviously, 
I'm not going to be like super upset if we, well, I will be super upset. Let's be real. Um, (laughs) We'll just come back for revenge in the championship game. Um, But I don't know. I, I don't know. No one wants to see their team lose. Right. So. Yeah. uh, Our, uh, our fandom's always interesting. Uh, It is. And it's most a part of it is because uh, of our independence and it is national title or bust. You can't kind of mm-hmm. go in and and get a, a title game to make things feel a little better. You you just got to hope you land in a good bowl to to where you can end things. Yeah. Uh, so um, I, I don't know if Clemson fans are like this as well, because, you, you know, you, you said that. Yeah. You know, you always want to win. It's perfection. But man, we have like a, a decent group of our fans that feels like uh the coach should be fired up after every single loss. <laughs> every time there's like a slight mistake. Yeah, because if, if the if the title's gone and uh, I mean people don't, there, there's a gigantic amount of people that don't like Brian Kelly to begin with, despite mm-hmm. everything that he's done. I mean, like from the outside looking in, would you feel that Brian Kelly, decent coach, Notre Dame, decent team? Like you even said, you would like us coming to ACC because it'd be somebody to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean. I, the only times I really like pay attention to like, I guess, player sentiment towards their coaches is when it's like something really extreme, like Texas recently, or even Michigan, uh, <laughs> only because of the memes on Reddit for about it, you know? So I don't, honestly, I don't think I've really heard that many about Notre Dame's coach, like that people are that upset. So I would say that that's a good sign, right? <laughs> Notre Dame internet's a dark place. Let me, let me oh, tell you. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think we might've chased enough of them off of our show, off of our site. Uh, that's the benefit of being a smaller uh, site and show. Uh, but yeah, so other thing I wanted to talk about too, uh, obviously we're both excited for the game. Um, but I'm getting to introduce some people to the streaming world and have for a while through Extra Life. Uh, we do NCAA Sims on our other channel. Uh, so that's the, getting to introduce them to Twitch. But like it was interesting because uh, like a lot of streamers, I'm able to like I'm, I've, I've been able to find them early or have known them for a while. Stuff like that. Uh, the path to finding you is completely different. Like I said, uh <laughs> I I like started playing Final Fantasy 14, had a kid and then wasn't able to do anything. And now I'm like, I got to catch up and I'm like looking up how to's and I find your videos like uh, mm-hmm. you and Mr. Happy were the two I always saw. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, she streams too. Oh, she's on Twitter. It was <laughs> it was a really interesting path. And so how did you get like into the streaming? How did you get started? Because everybody's story is so unique and different. And because uh, it seems like you started with the YouTube stuff and then kind of mm-hmm. moved into Twitch. So what was your kind of path going through there? Uh, so literally my entire life I've had like this need for creative outlets. Um, and it's always changed into something different. But when I, when I played wow, like forever ago, I would do, um, I got into like video editing basically. And I didn't take classes for any or anything. I'm self-taught through YouTube videos or whatever. Um, and so I would have so much fun making like trailers and like teaser things and whatever for our wow guild, but it was never like serious. I never did guides or anything like that. I, um, I don't know. It was just like a way to practice the skill that I was like developing or whatever. Um, and then I ended up quit quitting. Wow. And I diverted that creative energy into something else, com- like completely random. And then when I exhausted that option, that was around the time when um, the final fantasy 2.0 beta was out. And I was pretty much convinced that I would never play an MMO again after quitting. Wow. 
And somehow I got convinced to play the beta for 14. <laughs> and I loved it. Like it was, it was enough to suck me in, like the, the few hours that I put into the beta. Um, and so in the time from the beta to when the game actually released, uh, I remember just thinking like I had this itch again where I wanted to do stuff. And so because it was a new game and because it was like, like the perfect alignment of my, you know, my interest in wanting to do something creative again. I literally was just like, I wonder if I could make guides for, you know, it's a brand new game. Everyone will be brand new. Like it's not something like intimidating trying to make guides for wow. That's been around for 10 years or whatever. Right. So I basically was just like, can I do this? Let's try. And I tried. And with each video, you know, I developed my skills a little bit more and got sometimes better, sometimes worse for the next video. Um, and then just over time, it just grew into this thing that became what it is now. And then eventually I started streaming and that became what it is now as well. It's just pretty insane how long it's been. Yeah. And, and the puns too. That's what always stood <laughs> out. I mean, how long would it, did it take you to figure out the puns to start introing your videos? Because I can only imagine how, how much creative effort it takes to get those in. Uh, not really that much. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I just, okay. So if I ever do get stuck, like when I'm writing my script for the, the guide itself, like when I'm going through the mechanics or whatever, if I absolutely just cannot think of a pun, which sometimes happens, I leave it blank. And then I come, come back to it afterwards. Like after I've gone through all of my mechanics and after I'm like basically completely uh understanding of the fight and stuff then i'm you know it's a little bit easier to come up with like stupid puns uh but sometimes they just come naturally or <laughs> sometimes they'll come when i first do the fight i'll be on twitch or something and then chat and i will come up with like well mostly chat i think in, in most <laughs> twitch streams we'll come up with the most ridiculous things like on the fly in real time the first time we're seeing that content so i'll just remember them or i'll write them down or something and then it's just we basically just try to be as cheesy as possible and go from there the the community collaborative effort is yeah. <laughs> always awesome that's great i love that uh it, i just saw the countdown on nbc we got about like six or so minutes to kick off uh and by the Exciting. way for anybody watching the stream right now um please note that uh now president-elect biden is going to be going live on primetime so for when at the same time ugh. yeah when that <laughs> happens the game will be going to the usa network so you have been warned you will flip over it will go back to nbc again so just keep that in mind uh before you scream at your tv and, and think uh notre dame decided to go drop off the face of the earth or you email <laughs> nbc angrily or a whole bunch of other people yeah uh <laughs> I, I would not be surprised that that will be funny because there there will be a fallout there and i will enjoy it because because uh, uh, there's the section of the fan base I mentioned to you, uh, they don't use Twitter very well. So uh, they they, don't, <laughs> they can't keep up with the breaking news as well as they should. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, it's it's awesome, uh, all the stuff that you do. And I know I said that I would, uh, you know, hey, do you have anything to promote? And you didn't really say you had much. Now, I do know one thing that you do have. Go Tigers. And I, well, <laughs> beyond that, I know, I think this is pretty cool uh, because it is, it's, didn't take me long to find because it's pinned to your Twitter profile. I have mm -hmm. never heard of a virtual baby shower before. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but I think that is uh, one of the coolest, especially with 2020, COVID, everything else, 
to yeah. to be able to do that for Twitch. And I think you're calling it the, the Ms. Baby is, is what we're going with here or Baby Tech. Baby Tech. Well, I knew it was kinda. one of them. <laughs> Yeah, we keep flip flopping between what to call it. Um, yeah, it was it's literally like so weird because obviously this is my first time being pregnant. Um, my mom still lives in Canada, so she can't come down and see me and like I can't go up to Canada. Well, I mean, I guess I could if I really had to, but they quarantined me for like 14 days, so it wouldn't be worth. Um, so it was like I couldn't even have like a regular baby shower here with like my husband's side of the family. Like it was just, it's just been so messy that, you know, it's not worth the risk or whatever. So I was like, you know, my family is half of the internet. So <laughs> I'm, I was like, why not just, you know, do a virtual baby shower and just do what we can with, you know, what we have with the circumstances that we're in. Um, I don't know how it's going to go. I've, no, I've actually never been to a baby shower in real life. So I'm not, entirely sure i'm gonna do like a cooking stream basically so it may not be the most traditional baby shower but we've gotten like really lucky we've gotten tons of people bought some stuff off the baby registry so we're gonna open all that up and just i don't know we'll see how it goes yeah, I, i'm pretty excited for it though. yeah and it's uh in two weeks if i remember right next week actually next week yeah. okay so <laughs> my brain and dates uh and it's because oh, yeah. of kids so uh i well welcome soon to the uh the army of parents that also game mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> uh so first congratulations it's very Thank awesome you. Uh, yeah. the first one is always great and don't worry about every last bit of advice that somebody gives you because mm. it will go right out the window when survival <laughs> mode and parenting mode kicks in for you too. Uh, yeah. so the best part is they take care of themselves. Yeah. They will let you know when something's wrong. So. <laughs> well, they don't take care of themselves, but they, they, they will try to stay alive for the most part. So that's good. Although my toddler is, is pressing that one. Uh, but Ms. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, for me, this was like a shot in the dark to kind of do. Uh, so I'm glad you're able to come on and, and help me kick off the extra life stream in an incredible way. Easily the, I think the biggest raid I've ever had to. So that was incredible. <laughs> Um, I see the Irish are about to come out, so enjoy the game. Uh, yeah, good luck. Best of luck. Best yeah, not too much luck. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, y'all, um, it's Ms. Tech. You can find her at uh, YouTube on MTQ Capture. That's also her Twitter as well as her Twitch. So make mm -hmm. sure you do that, Ms. Best of luck and uh, have a good rest of your evening. Yes, thank you very much for having me. All right. Go Tigers. Go Irish. Take care. Bye. <laughs>
we've mentioned how Kyron is like really good at that. We know he was like kind of fumbles through the year, like he had said this on that kickbox or whatever, and he like runs with a with a vengeance after those mistakes. But good lord, that what was the play? Was that like maybe last year? Was that the Alfu Maris? Yes, it was. I believe it was. he had that like similar kind of yeah. Um, to do it against the number one team in the best running back in the country is. That's yeah. two weeks in a row that ETN's given up scoop and score touchdowns yeah. on the goal line against BC last week. Which is interesting that uh, NBC decided to show the stat that uh, Clemson has not given up points, uh, even though they, they, they have given up points. It's just on the plate of the turnover. <laughs> just just so, uh, 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 Speaking of uh, you know them defending, um, one thing that's not defending, uh, what do y'all think about the uh, chin strap that Venables is wearing right now? Uh <laughs> <laughs> and he's like a, you know, the, the get back guys where they have the coach. It's like, yeah, get back. Like, yeah. He's like a math guy. He's a hire some additional staff. To get some, him to- somebody go up behind him. Like, no, no, come on, come on. <laughs> we should pay someone like $70,000 a year to just be like, Whoop. Yeah, he definitely. Just wear the mask. Wear the mask, man. Thank you, Brian Kelly, for, he's got that weird mesh one, but like, I, I don't know. I'm assuming it still like works. Properly, I'm hoping it's like all the college coaches are wearing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely hope so. But then again, we're playing football, so uh, I, I I don't know how much any of it matters at this point. <laughs> um, but at least, um, so I want to get your overall takes uh, and, and what y'all were looking for. Specifically, the thing I was really looking for uh, was Notre Dame and their offense. Like we know what their identity was, but in these type of games, it's where hey, we just try to throw something else to the wall, see what sticks. It really looks like Notre Dame. Dame's offense, as we've seen it, is working well. Uh, that's what I've been looking for. What were y'all uh, looking at in particular in this game? Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think that Tommy Reese has done a great job calling a cohesive game. Not that there haven't been hiccups here and there. Like, Tommy, what are you doing? Tommy, no. <laughs> but I think that there's been like a variety of looks, and I was kind of concerned that it would be a little bit vanilla. Not necessarily conservative, but just it hasn't been the most adventurous to date. And I think that the old cliche of like, we're saving our best looks for the big game is actually kind of true. Like Tommy has shown a lot of these like trips, bunches, um, these receivers, a lot of motion, a lot of misdirection. Um, and I'm encouraged. I think that he's just a great offensive coordinator. I think that we are blessed to have these two guys. Um, we're locked in. There's like, look at Shane Simon. I'm flipping from off and He has had a game. He has had a very good game. He's on something for sure. He's in the right spot, but like every single time I keep noticing Shane Simon for good. And most of the time we're either not paying attention to Shane Simon or just being ah, she like missed like coverage, good coverage, whatever. He's looking really good. And yeah, I was even like skeptical after last week that Dalen was going to keep up the high level of play that he showed against Tech, but he's made some really big plays in the run game too. And I think jumping back to the offensive execution, the thing that's probably like surprised me the most. I was expecting Reese to come out and call a big game, but book's execution has been super, super good. He's made plays um, with his feet. He's, you know, you know, that play that mayor dropped, um, you know, potential touchdown play that play by book was, you know, one of the best he's made all season to, you know, get out of the pocket and, and make a throw right in the right spot like that. Um, I was honestly a little nervous about seeing, you know, how well book was going to execute against this defense. I was more confident that we would be able to run the ball because of their injuries at like linebacker, especially. Um, 
but Book's execution has just been as good as you could ask for. Like Reese has called those creative plays. He's got the open looks, but um, you know, Book's take taking the big plays that the Clemson defense has made or, or always makes and made it, you know, what three or four yard gains on the ground that get us, you know, not behind the sticks and set up a lot of good things for the offense. And he's executed on some of those throws, like seeing that back shoulder throw to, um, to Javon just gets me so excited. Like that's such a weapon for the offense that wasn't there early in the season. But anyway, we're rambling. Lots of good stuff obviously is going on. <laughs> hey, hey, this is there's gonna be so much this is gonna be the most coherent this kind of stuff's gonna be because in about like twenty some odd <laughs> hours, I may not know which way's up. Uh but yeah, I, I love the the back shoulder fades. I know it brings back, yeah, that's what Weiss did all the time, but when one thing I love about Tommy Rees and and why I completely agree with the guys that we're really fortunate, we're really seeing what kind of a football mind is he is adapting Notre Dame to the personnel and yeah, the back shoulder throws, they're not sexy. You're not going to get these big, beautiful long strike TDs, but they're going to work, especially when you already are outsizing every single DB run up against. Yeah, I think we're, we, we've got big plays, too. We're all not talking about it since it was, like, the second play of the Yeah, the second game play of the game, right? Tyron, <laughs> 65-yard touchdown. I mean, that was just an incredible run. Like, everything you could ask for from the blocking and just making the guy miss. And with that, like, shiftiness, he just has that ability to, like, not lose any momentum and move laterally, like, a yard or two. And it just is, you know, such a huge skill for a running back like him to have. He's got, like, the contact balance and the, like, vision has developed so much this year that he just makes something out of nothing on the plays where looks like he's got nothing at the line he just squirts forward for three or four yards and then a big play like that is like I mean if, he, if he's getting breaking up 65 yard runs like that like what more do you want what a revelation for the offense to have him yeah, it's really – and one of the things I like about this game, even though that Notre Dame has been sloppy, I mean, Clemson's kind of feeling it too. You can feel the pressures on them. Um, I, I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me was ATN actually fair catching a kickoff, saying, I don't want any more of this business because I can't get going. Um yeah, on the one yard line, it's like, come on, go ahead and do it. You're going to be back at the 10 again. Uh, and, and on first down, it's like there's a tackle for loss every single time. Now, granted, that hasn't necessarily led to a three and out or getting off the field, but Clemson's got an abundance of talent. Uh, DJ Uomagalele is still, I mean, he showed the rocket arm, even though it was Bracey completely misreading the route 100%. Uh, but really, I mean, that's like the biggest complaint about the defense. Uh, they really haven't let Clemson get behind them yeah some of those plays that dj can make like there was one play that we were just like marveling at where he ran kind of like a qb power but then pulled up and just dumped the ball right to etn who had like done the play action and gotten out there it's like yeah, it's just not fair except here was like 10 yards down the field with the running back who runs like a wide receiver and like a bullet Ugh. yeah it's a lot of talent so it's, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive how well the defense is held. Like that that play you mentioned with Bracy was was a tough one. But other than that, like the defense is certainly executed. Um, holding them to the field goal in that last drive, I think, was a huge, huge win. Um, I think it's funny for all the talk about how all the pressure is on Notre Dame, and like kind of rightfully so. You know, you understand that we're the ones who have the big game. We're the ones who have a healthier roster, et cetera, et cetera. Like, yeah, the pressure is on us, and we're sharper. You know, I think the yeah. coaching staff has got the guys ready. They have played better. They have produced more explosive plays, bigger game changing plays, have a great there. Like they were, were ready for the game. So who knows what that means for the second half? <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's it's, it's good. 
I got that nervous energy and like moving around legs popping up and down everywhere because yeah, it looks great right now, but both these teams, and the reason why they're so good is they both know how to adjust in the half. I mean, uh, it, while we have to do is look to last week where Boston college really had Clemson on the ropes. And then all of a sudden they got their biggest comeback in at their, their own field. So uh, this is not quite as large of a lead, but it does feel different uh, somewhat, mostly because it, it's almost like Notre Dame and this maybe this is just me reading too much in it but it it feels like the way they're playing is they're tired of the narrative they're tired of the headlines they're like no we're good and we're going to go out and show it like Ian Book's been doing it Karen Williams been doing it uh, Wu like we said had a couple messed up plays and then all of a sudden he's been just banger ever since uh, is that a sense y'all are getting it's like this team is they're ready to bust the narrative up right here right now I think that, like, the best-case scenario that we've previously gotten in these big games is Notre Dame holding. We will, like, stay in the game and, like, give ourselves a shot. You know, you think about Georgia last mm-hmm. year. Um, Michigan 18, a little bit less so. Like, we maybe punched them in the mouth a bit with that same touchdown pretty early. But it never – I don't know. This feels different against, like, a way better team. Like, Michigan 18, good team, not a great team. This Clemson's a great team. And we're, like, we're taking it to them. So, yeah, they were, like, ready for this one. And I think that – the way that Brian Kelly's staff have prepared them up to this point, you know, the results speak for themselves. They had a great first staff. They were ready for Clinton's noise. They were ready for everything coming to them. So it's cool having good coaching. Staff. No, it's, it's, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, 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 Go ahead. I'm sorry about that. I would say it wasn't one of those situations where you feel like, you know, well, Clemson's got to be happy. They're only down 10. They played their worst half ever. And Notre Dame's only up 10. Like, not that kind of situation. They were making big plays. Didn't make a ton of mistakes other than that ETN play, obviously, which is kind of like a free thing. So I think that's what makes this feel maybe I, you know, maybe we'll come to regret this and be embarrassed with the replay on Twitch of this in a few hours if the second half goes poorly. But it feels like, you know, they were up for this game, too. And, you know, it's just been blows back and forth and we've kind of taken them and obviously are ahead right now. So, you know, I think that first drive of the second half will say a lot too. Clemson comes out with the ball. Um, again, like the second half adjustments are going to be big, like you mentioned. We'll see. I'm sure Lee's going to have some creative stuff dialed up to hopefully keep the momentum. Yeah, especially like they, the, what they've been able to hold ATN to, uh, and I think you're dead on, is can you keep doing that? Can you still have them bottled up? Because that's not a bad player on that other side there. That's one of the best running backs I've ever seen play college football. And you know he's, he's had a whole half of stewing absolute whole half of stewing there uh and so he's going to be ready to come out and try to make a difference so uh or, or maybe maybe he won't be uh doing a uh, uh fair catching this one uh coming out of the half um and yeah it looks like uh, nbc is about to to get the the game going back up uh, any other parting thoughts that y'all uh want to give uh, if I can get like kind of granular, I think the linebackers are the biggest reason that I am hopeful for that. What you're mentioning right now with ETN not being a backbreaker. Like I think that Drew Wentz looked great. I think Shane Simon has been great. So you throw in Will. Like we have the weapons to contain this guy. We have the weapons to win this game. Like let's just go do it. It's in the bag. Let's go do it. And I'm curious to see how the run game gets used in the second half because it wasn't really the reason that we've gotten this big lead, despite obviously that huge play on the first drive. But I think that's how we're going to put this game away is, you know, keep moving the chains with some of those big plays from books when we get the inevitable third downs. But hopefully we can establish Kyron a little bit more, maybe get Kyrie in for a couple big plays. Um, and keep the foot on the gas. And also shout out to Jay Bramblett for maybe six and seven points on that last play. Right, no so many doubt. crazy plays. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so thank you, gents. Uh, both Andrew and Alex from Notre Dame, our blogger. Uh, you can find them. It's Notre Dame, our blogger.com, right? That's the full URL. Do I have it right? It's an NDR blogger. I'm trying to remember it. Yeah. Notre Dame, our blogger and the one link there to our, our current Patreon. So. Yes, and make sure you check them out on Patreon as well. Uh, much like what I'm doing here, everything you donate, they donate everything to charity. So check out their Patreon. You get access to an awesome Discord. So, Jens, thank you very much. Enjoy the second half and go Irish, y'all. Thanks. Thank you, Zach. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Oh, I, I see Shane. There's Shane. I hear him. Maybe. Yo! Yes! Yeah! Oh! Fuck you! <laughs> I got nothing but fucking rage balls at this point. Like I'm fucking losing my mind. Yes! Woo! Oh, this is awesome. <sighs> let me let me get you. Let, uh, let's uh, get get your uh, green screen virtual background off. It's on the virtual, dude. I know. I know. I just gotta move it. Okay. <laughs> And then I'll turn it off here. Ah! I, I mean, okay. I, I don't want to say for like finally in my lifetime. Cause I don't, I, I don't remember, you know, when they beat Florida state and fucking whenever 93, this is like, to me, the first time in my lifetime, I get to appreciate this. Fuck. Oh my God. Woo! Yes. <laughs> we did it. We, we took down. Did it. Dabo's bitch ass. Dabo, short for dat bitch. <laughs> Fuck that yes. guy. Fuck him. Woo! Fuck the ACC refs too. For all that, look for everything. The previous play was. is under review. Yeah, yeah. After further review, we fucking suck. We're terrible. I, I'm, I'm all here. I'm here for all the chances to spoil the conference and everything. But honestly, dude, after today, the price to pay dealing with these fucking refs. Fuck this conference. We are gonna take your yeah, forever. (laughs) Oh, I'm sweating. Oh my god, that Notre Dame fucked this game up in so many different ways. ways. Yeah, and they they did everything possible. They still won. Oh fuck! I don't give a shit if Trevor Lawrence wasn't on there because Travis ATN was not shit today. Nope. Clark Lee said, who? Who's that? Who? 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 Nah. Nah. I, I don't even know how to act right now. I'm used to the somber recap, you know? I know! They, <laughs> they, they drunk because we're despondent. Uh, no, you know, but I didn't even have anything to drink this time. I was just trying to stay emotionally calm, and of course, that all went to shit in the third quarter. But, you know, like I just, <laughs> I just tried to keep me and my brain together intact. That was destroyed by, you know, 10 minutes into the third quarter. By the, third, by the second overtime, I was just delirious. So I was just sitting there holding two cats in each hand, <laughs> ta- ta- talking to them directly into their faces. This is going to be a win. This is going to be a win. And they were looking at me like, this guy's a fucking nutbag and I need to run. So, yeah, I, I don't even know how to act. I'm, I'm delirious. The first time Notre Dame has taken out a number one team since 1993 i was eight years old when that shit happened yep i got two kids of my own my oldest is five it has been that long and it 
is glorious. And look, Ms. Ms. Tech, I am so happy you came on stream. <laughs> I, I know that your lucky shirt unwashed and everything was in there. I give you great respect. If we, we might have to do this again for the AC title game, girl, like uh, I, yeah. she came in, she was excited, but she was also nervous because she knew she knew the, the defensive line had problems. Uh, but honestly, Notre Dame's offense, and it was a question, Shane, you and I asked consistently mm -hmm. throughout our shows. We, we formed an identity. Will we stick to it? You're damn right. We stuck to it all the way yeah. to the end to overtime. We stuck to it. Yeah. And I mean, it even, even at the points when sticking to it seemed to be the reason why shit was falling apart. And even at a certain point when, you know, like you're just not getting enough touchdowns when you're settling for field goals and you're starting to feel like all this shit come full circle. Even you tweeted it. It's really feel shitty to have all those mistakes come back to bite us right fucking now. Even in that moment, they didn't fucking waver. Ian Book didn't get rattled. He didn't look as outstanding as he looked in the first half, but he'd never seemed to, I don't know, cast doubt on himself. He never seemed to, you know, wonder whether or not they were going to do it. He never had that wide-eyed look where he's staring at the sideline, looking at the signal three times or whatever. None of that shit. He just had his shit down. He got the passes that he knew were going to be, be, be catches. Can I just say, Mike Mayer is fucking guaranteed W every time, except for those, those couple misses in the, in the first quarter. But, but that, is, that is actually the story of this game. Mayer. Yeah. Fucking up, he, he, he fucked up because of the false start. He had a drop pass. He alone is responsible for probably eight points being taken off the board. Ian Book yeah. fumbles when he has a yeah. first down, trying too hard to get to the end zone. Woo fucks up tackles early in the game, and then he gets the ATN clusterfuck fumble for a touchdown. Everybody that fucked up royally came back and said, not what do we say to the god of death? Not not today. Woo. Yeah, man. I mean, can I just say too? JOK made millions today. Fucking millions, millions. and millions of dollars. And in his millions. Yeah, man. That dude got is gonna get nasty paid. I mean, like he may be a top ten pick at this point. I mean, I don't know how high linebackers tend to go, but I feel like you'd be a fucking moron to pass on this guy. No? No, absolutely. If you need a linebacker, I mean, he is uh, he is all over the place. He is solid. I mean, he it, it looked like I'm a case of too hyped up is what he had. Yeah. And then he came yeah. back, he calmed down, and he was exactly what we needed. And Notre Dame not getting any sacks all game long. And in second overtime, sack, 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 to back, to back, to back, to back, sack, 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 everybody! <laughs> Hell yeah. Nah, dude, it was, I mean, it was just, it was a, per, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to digest this, but I think, you know, like, if we, if we actually take a chance to step back from this, probably tomorrow when we actually, we're going to appreciate this as being the best game probably in the last, what, 20 years Since of college 90, football? At least 93. And, and that was the thing. The narrative around Notre Dame has always been, doesn't matter what happens. They face the top talent. They fuck up. And look, I know DJ wasn't Trevor Lawrence. I understand that. that guy, <laughs> he is good. Like, ho holy shit. Like, Clemson, y'all got an embarrassment of riches. Damn. And honestly, DJ did not lose the game. 
like for you that that was not the reason i honestly don't know like maybe all right let's, let's play devil's advocate for a second and 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 i'm not going to take my glasses off but we'll take our blue and gold glasses off mm. if trevor lawrence is in the game maybe clark lee doesn't flood atn as much and restricts them to pretty much absolutely nothing but dj was still trying to chuck it deep he did get his deep he got a long mm. touchdown bomb he got a 50 yard pass in there but man clark speaking of who made millions yeah clark, boy other fucking lee uh, who made i mean I, millions i'm not i'm not naive enough to think you know he's gonna stay around maybe i mean maybe even i definitely i mean this has to be his last year he's gonna he's going away with the fucking i mean he was part of the clemson w like that's all you need at this point in terms of elevating his status we got what we wanted. Yeah, it wasn't his best showing. They did score 40 points, but in two fucking overtimes. You understand? So, I mean, that skews things. But at the same time, man, like, whichever program is going to inherit this man, like, just know that you guys have him on fucking loner because the second BK retires, he's in consideration. That's him it. and Tommy Reese. Like, through all the consternation we've had of coaches, and I talked about this with the Notre Dame, our blogger guys, like how lucky are we that we got a coaching trio of BK, Clark Lee, and Tommy Rees, who, I mean, look, BK very much said he was CEO. So he, and you see it in the game. He's got his, he's got his mic up. He's just communicating of, hey, what's going on here? But he is letting his coordinators run the show. And right. he is making sure that people are in the right position. And he did that. I mean, even special teams today had such a good game. And I mentioned this in the halftime show Door. that Travis ATN is just like, oh, we got a donation. And I, oh. I'm about having it. I don't know where it is. I don't know where, what, what happened. I missed it. I'm going to see how much it was later. But Travis ATN okay. is like, oh, fair catch. No, I ain't going to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is a $47 and 40 cent donation. And by the everybody, way, I want to see that shit from everybody. After this is over, I'm going to take a break. I got some bleach next to me. We are Guy oh, no. Fieri-ing this shit because we oh, have shit. raised over $11,306.35. Wow. We are, in fact, at 11000 $307.15. These were all Muffet McGraw inspired donations. That's why the number is a little bit weird. But I am going to look like. I love it. I, I'm going to have bleach in my hair by the time we come back for the video game portion of this oh marathon. Oh my God. And I'm going to shave the rest of the beard off. We're going goatee. Yeah, boy. I'm going to have a little blonde soul patch. We're doing all nine yards, y'all. Ryan's going to fucking Flavortown. I am going to Flavortown, and Benny has <laughs> said it in the chat. If we manage to hit 15,000 again, when my wife comes back into town, when she is back mm -hmm. home, we will do the chest wax again. So we have something to oh. go for. But, yeah, boy. But we, I am... Like I could have not have asked for a no. better run through that we had. Uh, granted, I would have liked it to be. I mean, the sim told us. Yep, they did. That they was did. the crazy part. Like the Notre Sim's Dame, good. Notre Dame had this in the bag, but it was closer because they fucked up. Right, right. Yeah, they shot themselves in the foot. 
late on. And then, of course, the refs appeared. You know, the ACC was like, oh, we're refing. Oh, sorry. So sorry. We have a lot of stuff. We have, we were, we've been backlogging. Throw that flag, throw that flag, call that offside, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Just call Miss it this clear. Oh, no. Go, go ask Dabo what he thinks. Go ask him. Ask him his opinion on all the calls, apparently. What the fuck was that about? I, I don't know, but you know what? That almost makes this victory that much sweeter is that. Oh, no, it does. We, we got <laughs> fucked over, and there was like a clear face mask that was missed afterwards. Like, yep. Oh, yeah. I love, and I have said it, I said it after Florida State. You cannot blame the refs for a loss, but you can blame them for taking away a win because if if things had happened, I was even in my head when I'm like hands in my head, despondent while I'm on stream. I'm like, I'm going to have to go on the post game show and say, yes, these calls were blown. But look, Notre Dame fucked up here, here and here. And it shouldn't have happened. They still won. And I don't ever want to hear anybody talking shit about Ian Buck again because he was on one. He did exactly what he needed to do. And look, for all well, what will he do against Trevor Lawrence? Motherfucker, he's going to get his chance. Yeah, he's going to get his chance. He'll be fine. I just, this, this just feels like today, November 7th, not only will it go down in Notre Dame football history, but just as a day, I, I mean, I don't think of, I don't like to think of human basics, you know, human behavior as like this grand scale indi- indicator, but does it, does it not feel like just like the shifting of, of energy has, has reached into all the aspects of life that we really have, have been waiting to see a little, just a little glimmer of what we actually want in it. Like Donald Trump's loss, beautiful. Fucking art. The speech, fantastic. Political like, podcast coming in. <laughs> but, but like as almost like a mirror reflection of that, Dabo's ignorant dipshit ass taking the L after all that bitching and whining and manipulating he had on the refs. It's just, it's like the same exact feeling. It's that, you know, it's, it's here's, here's column A and column B and just match those motherfuckers together because everything just feels right right now. And today on November 7th, everything just aligned. And all of a sudden we're doing something we've never gotten to do before. Like that, this to me just feels like maybe this is the signal of like a new era to come. I'm, I'm not saying that, that it's for, it is for sure, but like, it just feels like things are different now. And, and to think, I, I mean, Shane, I remember when you and I started being a duo on this show, when, when we were talking about that God awful 2016 year, when we're like, yeah, yeah we, we know that. Look, we, we have no idea who would replace BK, but if you fired him, like we get it. And then from that year to where we are now, and dude, BK was so spicy in this press conference. Oh, he was like, look, we have won consistently. Like you felt, and I, I said this during the halftime show too, you felt that this team was tired of the bullshit. And right. for whatever reason, it clicked. And personnel was not a problem. Like, look, Clemson wasn't at full strength. Look, our two deep threats, Kevin Austin, Braden Lindsay, not in the game. Jordan Johnson, who everybody had been raving about, didn't see a snap. Nothing. Nothing. This team won with the boring-ass offense that we had talked about. And it started from play number two when <laughs> Kyron Williams just ran. And honestly, you know what that reminded me of? It was the parallel to 2012 and OU when Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Ran by team and went by, <laughs> and it was it was a signal to the rest of for that year at least that this shit's different. But the fact that Notre Dame did it with the running game, 
against yep. Clemson. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Yeah, hey, look, it's it's going to be fun. And and I would love to add Clemson to a more normal rotation because it, 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 this was fun. This was, it was fun. Really fun football game. Even when it was bad, it was fun. Yeah, no, but it was fun <clears throat> in that, like, at no point did you get that feeling of like, ah, oh, fuck, we were outclassed. We, we, we clearly didn't exactly. show up today or, oh, shit, we, we, we thought we had a chance, but that was all fucking fool's goal. No, the whole time not only did like we had most of the game where notre dame was beating that ass and at least keeping the lead that was like, at least the foundational part where you believe like okay i can see the competitive nature of this team this team is actually keeping pace with the number one team but then when the actual shit got real clemson took the lead and forced them to score and then overtime happened that i think was the true representation of this team's fucking medal when when basically it was non-negotiable Everything you do has to result in points now. They said, we got this. No fucking problem. Watch us. Points, 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 points. And each time we kept saying, maybe they should have gone for two. And I mean, like I said it, you know, a couple I said people, it too. I yeah, said it I said too. it because I think, and I think <clears throat> the big motivation was like, we're just fucking tired. And this is like an emotionally devastating experience at this point. But I also think it was just like, I was fearful that Clemson was going to be the team to do it to us, you know? That, I mean, they were just going to give it to DJ and he was going to fucking dance around for five yards and convert a two-point conversion or whatever the fuck. That's what I was fearful of. And instead, Clark Lee said, everyone relax. It's fine. When we score first and second OT, I'm going to show you what we got. It's fine. <laughs> it's like we've waited all game. I Ugh. figured it out. Yep. And it was, and you knew once it got to fourth and forever, it was like there's no prayer. The rap. And you That's saw everybody backing up. And, and even the chat is like, Dwayne Jarrett is here. I'm like, no, fuckers, don't say this. But Shut it didn't up, even man. matter because Notre Dame was like, this ain't 2005. Nope. This isn't a Charlie Weiss team that had to grow the fucking grass, that had to choose so much clock to keep the ball out of their hands and be a hope and a prayer. Ref screwed that game up. Ref screwed that game over. Try to screw this game over. Like they, they were just a bad crew, and it wasn't right, just right, Notre right. Dame. Like, let, let's let's get one thing straight. Like they reviewed so many fucking plays that it was ridiculous. They missed calls oh, on both. They missed calls on both sides of the field. Like it, it was bad. Like it, it was the one thing that tore this game to a grounding halt way too many times, dude. And I, yeah, I mean, in, in a, it, it it started to feel a little. I mean, I want to use the word egregious at a certain point because it was just like, what the fuck are we spending seven minutes reviewing a fucking touchdown for? You know what I mean? Like the fr that first scoring play by Clemson when they just fucking threw the dart for 25 yards in the first play of overtime. That like that's when it started. Like, it just felt like I mean, I don't I don't believe it, but it felt like the fucking fix was in, didn't it? It did. And we got a, a $47 donation in there for the bring kids. them all to us. 11,400 plus y'all. Unbelievable. Yeah, this is the most I've ever raised. I've raised I'm over so 30,000 in the past five years. It's, it's incredible. Like, look, the only bad part of the game is that the students rush the field and this could very well be the last game that Notre Dame plays this season. So oh, we need whoops. to enjoy it while it lasts. Thankfully they yeah. were all wearing masks. Right. Um, but look, and, and I even said it in the pregame show, these students have been through so much. Yeah, man. You could tell because all of a sudden they were all flooding towards, towards the, uh, the, the front rails. 
It was like, they're, they're going to rush it. I knew it yep. like deep in my bones. I didn't say it on stream. I'm like, oh, they just, just don't give a fuck about social distancing anymore. What? I mean, I don't know, man. What the fuck are we even doing playing this fucking sport right now? You I know. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I- I'm glad everybody, and I hope when they did the rush, nobody did something stupid like pull their mask down or anything like that. Um, Who cares, man? Fucking they, they, Venables never wore it. <laughs> yeah, it was a fucking chin strap the whole day long. Um, the section had him. Yeah, uh, yeah. The student section was telling him to put his fucking mask on, which was put your mask on. <laughs> that shit was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I can't wait to watch this game with the audio because I didn't want to get banned yeah. from Twitch, so I didn't have the audio on the game. Good call. Good call. Even though there was a brief moment in time where I fucked up my scenes, uh, no, but it, the audio was good. I mean, it was just I, I, I and this is gonna be like fiftieth on the list of things to appreciate about this game, but like. It really, it really makes the experience so much richer when you have a duo like Tariko and Dungey that just that 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 don't fuck around. They don't wish wash. They don't flip flop on the team that they're covering. They are objective about its successes. Um, they are very, very clearly. Uh, they paint a great analytical picture for the you know the layman audience at any point. They make it so easy to digest, and at the same time. They call out the badassery that is Notre Dame. And it's just, it feels so good to not have any of that shit undercut by a fucking flutie being like, oh, well, there goes Clemson. Can't wait to see what Dabo does. Like, go oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you can even tell, like, uh, just from the, the cuts that I got and, and not hearing the audio, uh, just knowing that, I mean, it was just a good, solid broadcast. I was getting good replays. I was able to break stuff down as best I could. And, in uh, the haze of all this alcohol that's like right over here, and I got one more god awful shot to take. Maybe that's how we end uh, this post game show was with the last uh, milestone yeah, shot buddy. that I got to take. I can't believe yeah. all of them are happening before <laughs> I even get to the witching hours, y'all. I got to go to six p.m. tomorrow on Sunday. Like by the oh, time shit. y'all hear this podcast, it'll probably be Monday. Oh maybe. my god. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. No rush, man. It's fine. We're all, n- everyone is just going to marinate in this fucking thing. It doesn't matter what the fuck is published on Monday or not. Everyone, everybody that is a Notre Dame fan today is going to walk in or, t- or sign into Zoom in their jobs on Monday with their dick or, or, or whatever on the table and just say, hi, anyone watch <laughs> college football this weekend? I don't Anyone? get to go back until the following Monday because uh, I got the next week off. But, oh, you bet I'm going to have the Go Irish COVID mask. I'm going to be strolling in there with my pole yeah. on. Just, just like, we be Clemson. And if only North Carolina State had finished the fucking job against Miami, this rematch is basically guaranteed. Like, right. we're going to enjoy this. We know we got the Boston College potential letdown right around the corner. But I really feel this team. For whatever reason, I got the confidence that they are dialed in on another yeah. level right now. And literally, the main thing I'm worried about is, yeah, the students rush the field. And I hope that doesn't cause because it's been sweeping up on campus. I haven't been able to keep up with our spreadsheet, but it has been escalating. Like we, we have to acknowledge that we have to acknowledge that yeah, in hindsight, absolutely. this is probably a really bad idea that they rush the field. But I get it. They needed. Yeah, man. They needed a moment. I totally get it. And I hope, like, if any student is listening to this, like, I get what you did 100%. But 
try to stay in your dorm. Try to stay. If you're off campus, stay off campus because the professors and faculty that were not out there on the field, they're probably scared a little shitless right now. So keep that in mind. See what you can do to keep them safe. Like, I know this has been ungodly terrifying for you for this entire year and you got your moment you took your moment i totally get it just do whatever you can to keep other people around you safe and that's about all i'm going to say about about that stuff they tested students this week and if they were tested positive they deactivated their tickets i mean that's fine but let's let's acknowledge incubation periods are a thing okay yeah yeah absolutely to be honest incubation periods are a thing um so there, there is a chance that it won't be bad. There is a, a decent chance because, look, the entire nation right now is outside partying with masks on outside. Hell yeah. Like, there's a decent chance things will be fine, but it is a contentious situation. It's at least worth mentioning it. But holy shit, we beat the number one team in the nation. Light up Grace Hall, yeah. motherfuckers. I don't care. Yeah, we fucking did. Nothing, nothing about this can be taken away at this point. It's over. That shit's baked. That shit is it's carved into stone now. Forever in 2020, you will see Notre Dame 47, Clemson 40. And that's, at the end of the day, all that fucking matters. Yes, we, we need to consider that the, the larger impact, I'm sure, after this about what this all means in terms of the conference and you know whether or not the protocols are going to be violated and whether or not Clemson's going to have positive tests or how Notre Dame's going to deal with the second wave. All this shit, I don't, I don't, I, I just, I don't have it. I don't have it right now. I don't have I don't have the capacity. All I want is to <laughs> bask in this. I want to drown in the glory of this victory. That's it. That's all I want. Yeah, and and we're gonna do it for as long as possible. Uh, I'm definitely gonna bask in it for the the rest of this little marathon I have. Uh, and until you know, we go and play BC. To be honest, and yeah, look, go BBC. The lessons are are well known from '93, and, and it's a matchup that everybody's looking for because. It's Phil Dracovic against Ryan Kelly. But I tell you what, the way this team played, yo, Phil don't have a chance, y'all. Dude, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, I mean, at this point, I feel like it's going to be a sport for Clark to fuck <laughs> Phil. It's going to be a, oh, hey, welcome back. Are you, are you, you haven't seen any of this stuff. This is all new since you've begun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, our line's really good. Like, and and I really got to give a hat tip because the linebacker play was a little bit worrisome coming into this game. Mm-hmm. Shane Simon played his mind out, and, and yeah. you know Leo Powell was out for the first half. I I I couldn't really track if he had snaps in the second half because it looked like we were playing nickel the whole damn time because yeah, we I mean knew Leo Powell was going to be out, and Clemson likes to spread. Like they had three, four wide receivers every single time, so we adjusted too. It's like hey. We know we're not going to have a dog linebacker, so fuck it. Right, right. Let's not have one today. And yeah, Clark Lee making millions and millions and millions upon millions. I mean, it's it's something that I mean, I, there's no lack of appreciation. It's not like we're a fan base that's going to sit there and be like, you know, kind of the way like you you have to look back at Jalen Smith is like he was incredible, but you know, he was in a situation where he was just, I mean, he just didn't have a chance to succeed. This is going to be something where. You know, we all we are all hyper aware of what we have in Clark Lee, <laughs> like extremely aware. And yet, I mean, he needs to get it's at a certain point. You know, you, you reach a certain point where you just can't hold on to something that good and keep it to yourself. You right. Know, you know, now now 
you know, everything about this Notre Dame team that was previously under scrutiny is now mass knowledge. Everyone is going to be extremely aware and mindful of what Notre Dame is going to be doing moving forward, because now they're going to probably, you know, sh shake up the top five completely. They may end up number two or whatever. And then now it, it begs the question about the rematch. They're going to be watching closely. This isn't going away. So at, any, at, at no point should we consider Clark Lee, you know, a guaranteed commodity. I, I think at this point, it's this year. And then, you know, he's got to go get paid. He has. To. I, I really hope beyond all reason, beyond any hope that we're able to give him the Venables deal where yeah. he just hangs oh, around here. Be um, because if there's a time to start backing up a Brinks truck, I, I think he's earned it. Right fucking now. It doesn't matter what is thrown at him. Like he had the one, like they fell apart against Michigan, but 100% of the team fell apart against Michigan last year. So you can have your one bad game. But when SC came in with all their badasses and just shut down, Clemson came in. Travis ATN had a career headache. Oh, we got. Hey, shit! Yes, right. Oh. I don't give a fuck. The final score combined this year, Shane Donates 87. Hell yes. We are almost at $11,500. Holy get shit. It. Let's get there, y'all. <clears throat> All we need is literally 12 bucks. Yeah. Too easy. There's almost 30 people of y'all on this stream right yeah, now. Yeah, man. Coordinate. Somebody throw $1 it down. from each of you. And if you motherfuckers put $2 down to play the Clemson Fight song, I swear to Oh, go fuck you. yourselves. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, no, hell yeah, man. I'm just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, there was a point. I have, I have experienced the fullest possible range of states of mind, right? Where after the refs started to getting involved in the fourth quarter, I was just despondent. I was done. I was, I was ready to just be like, I'm you felt like it was going to happen again. again. You've, you've seen right. this story before. Right. And now it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm addicted. Now I need another hit, man. Come on. Let's go. I'll fucking jump. Give me more of that number one victory. Oh, shit. Yeah. I oh, mean, I on stream, I'm going to clip it if nobody else has. I I threw the chair backwards, ran around the house, screaming yeah. my lungs out. I picked we the dog won up the and fucking, screamed. I mean, uh, I am glad I am in this house by myself at this point yeah. because yeah. my wife would think I have lost my mind. But oh, yeah. My God, the same fiance's at work tonight. Thankfully, she, she was like, it's OK. I'm actually it, I'm glad I have work because it seems like you're going to lose your mind. And I was texting her so much. She was like, honey, you need to stop. I'm working. I'm actually treating people right now. <laughs> you're yeah. like, but this is amazing. <laughs> she, I'm updating her on the score. And she's like, remember, I don't understand how this sport works. I'm, I'm, I don't give a fuck. They're going to the second overtime. They have to answer the score. Uh. I, I'm I'm just I'm over the fucking moon now. I was I was below the fucking dirt. I was I was six feet under in the fourth quarter, and now I'm fucking I'm above the atmosphere. I'm I'm out. I shot. I fucking rocketed out of the atmosphere and to the goddamn moon. I'm not even on this planet anymore. Oh, you're on the the, the dick rocketing off again, like you my had uh, last year. Yeah, only I modified the rocket so it propels my entire self. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Oh man, uh, this, what a win! Uh, what a victory! And look, I have no illusions that Notre Dame's actually going to be number one. It's probably going to no, be no, Alabama, no, no. but whatever. We're going to move up in the rankings. The playoff, the ACC title, it is ours to take. And can I just say, 
it, there's a difference to this because we remember, we remember what happened when Notre Dame was number one last, right? Do you think, honestly, looking back at that period in 2012, when Notre Dame became number one, everybody, we all kind of looked at each other like, okay, I guess. Especially right. after the big <laughs> game, right? We're right, like, right. It's like, I, the argument was, look, we've won on all our games. Like, we deserve right. to be number one. That was the argument. It wasn't that right. we were convincing because of everything else, because the pit game scared us all shitless. Right. But now, if, say, Notre Dame is two or three, it no longer feels like it felt even just yesterday when they were number four and you were like, I, are they the fourth best team? Like, I'm not sure. Now, it feels like these motherfuckers are minimum number three. Tell me I'm wrong. Spot the lie. Go exactly. fuck yourself. I, I, I think as of right now, uh, I disagree with Benny in the chat. I don't put Ohio State number two in the nation. Mostly oh, no, yeah, no. Of what we're seeing in the Big Ten right now, I put Bama one, Yikes. Notre Dame two, Ohio State three, Clemson four. Maybe you can swap three or four around depending because of the Trevor Lawrence thing. I would get that. Sure. sure. I, I think you have those four. Oh, we got another one. Uh, another 40. Oh, we got a $47. 40 cent donation. <laughs> yeah. The exact final score, 22 total, eight more unique donations. And I got to I got to do another uh, hot wing challenge here. Oh um, shit. We've only had two. I I'm honestly I was hoping that would drive a lot of $1 donations, but uh quite hadn't happened, but I'm not complaining cuz I hit my goal and uh it it's 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 awesome right now. Everything's awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. <laughs> <laughs> like e even with Notre Dame having to flop around, like I, I had an, an acceptance speech on my phone, trying to pay attention to the game on my screen, trying to do the Twitch reaction thing. And I, I mean, yeah. with the week, I mean, y'all, y'all will not even know the half of what I've been through this week with my, my family and everything else going on with my extended family. Uh, it's, it's been a ride and for everything to, to, to come up aces, including yeah, tonight, just, oh man, was, I haven't had this victory as a Notre Dame fan. Cause like I yeah. said, if you didn't know before, you heard it when I was talking with Miss Tech, I, I came into college football consciousness when I step into campus in Notre Dame, that was in the tie fucking Willingham era and not in 2002 when you have the smoke and mirrors I'm talking about 2003 when it was clear shit was about to fall apart yeah that's yeah. when I started I haven't had this Yikes. yeah I, I, I finally got to have it and god damn does it feel good it fucking feels amazing like I just I mean there's a part of me that I mean I don't know like I feel like walking outside and like telling people it's 11 it's, it's midnight it's, tw it's 12 26 I feel like I need to Go wake the neighbors up, you know, like, it, it's just, yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's like, it's like you said, I mean, it's been, it's been the entire Brian Kelly era. We haven't had, we haven't had this thing. And this is, you know, and it's not just like, this is finally the opportunity to shine, to silence the critics, because the fact of the matter is like, it took him eight tries to get a top five win, it did. but I mean, on the eighth try, he beat number one. <laughs> not five, not four, not three, not two, one. Okay. That's ultimately what's only what's going to matter. And that's to me, the only thing that matters. I can't have ever fathomed. I think 
and any year maybe, but this insane fucking situation that is this year. Notre Dame realistically pulling out a win against any of the previous number ones during the Brian Kelly era. It just wasn't going to fucking happen. But in the perfect storm of events, the perfect confluence of moments, this was the season that gave them the shot. And I mean, you can't control what you can't control. The fact of the matter is you play what you got. You, sh- you play against who shows up. And today, even though Clemson showed up with a fucking godlike freshman, this was finally the time when that motherfucker didn't walk out with a win. Finally. Finally. Ugh. And they had that set up at the regular season winning streak. Like, hey, finally. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this has been coming for a long time, y'all. He he had he had multiple pit scares. He had multiple Syracuse scares. And he had the scare against BC last week. Mm-hmm. It was a matter of time before he finally ran into that effing team. And Notre yeah. Dame was that effing team. Because every other opponent would throw the punches, but they would screw up somewhere down the line, and it would be over. Notre Dame screwed up, but had the talent to maintain. And that's what they hadn't seen. Because let's think about what happened at the Cotton Bowl, right? Notre Dame was yes. trading punches with them. But Julian Love went down, and it all went to shit. The depth that was, was there. It. The depth was there. Both teams had the depth to go and fight through their injuries. Fight through anything that was going on. And now we have seen the fruits of that labor to come from where Brian Kelly came in 2016. Yeah, man. I would have understood if Schwarber kicked his ass to the curb. And then all of a sudden you bring out this. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I mean, in an extension year, you know, on like on, on the last, on the back three of his back nine, you know, in his turn, turn, <laughs> in terms of his tenure at the school, like it, it, it's finally feels like this is something, even though we're in year 11, this finally feels like something that can be built into a consistent top five program. And now that we finally got the win against the top five team, we can no longer just speculate about it. We no longer have to just say, oh, well, we believe that they can do it. Oh, we wish they could. You know, they have the talent. What's going on? How come they just can't do it? Now they've done it. And now they're at a point where it's, it's, it's on them to relinquish that actual, that, that um, I guess that image, the way they appear. You know, it's on them to prove everyone else wrong now. Now they are a top five ND team that beat Clemson. So now it's their job to not shit the bed from here on out. And I said, yeah, and, and that's and, key. That is really key. Let's be clear. That is yes, super key. It is key. It is key. But it also finally realistically feels like they probably aren't. Like they, it just, it, it's, it, I'm not trying to, to engage in hubris or whatever, but it, it just starts to finally feel like when they pull this out, you, you, your confidence is validated. It's no longer just that you have hope. It's no longer just that you believe they should. It's no longer that they could have or should have. It's that they did it and that they can do it and they should keep doing it. There's no reason to lose to anybody else on the schedule, but potentially Clemson in the second matchup. That's it. And let's reiterate, Ian Book came in as an unheralded three-star. May never see the field behind everybody else that was recruited. They had five stars. They had four stars ahead of them. And then we bench Wimbush for him. 
And it was it was a bold move to bench one bench one bush for him. And then it's like, well, Phil will take over. Then Phil transferred because he couldn't overtake Book. And, and now that guy, that three star guy, it's the number one team in the nation. Twenty two for thirty nine, three hundred ten yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, fifteen yeah, right. rushes, sixty. Nine sixty-eight. Excuse me. Oh, uh, I was gonna say nice. It was almost nice. I was, I was, I was. He lost the yard. There. I think I'm. Yeah, yeah. Like, what else do you want? I mean, this is statue type shit. I understand yeah. he hasn't won a title, but he took a guy fuck. that if you go back and listen to every last, because that was back when I tried to really follow recruiting, and I would listen to every podcast I possibly could because I was. Traveling all over the state of Texas, I had all the time in the world to listen to it. But it was, well, this is kind of like like Ian Book. Why? Yeah, like, like okay, he seems decent, but he's never going to see the field. He's never going to be an impact player. But here he is. He's only lost what three games his entire career. Do I have that number right? Three games. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's only lost three games. Yeah, that's what he's he done. So everybody that has done this BK can't win bullshit, can't coach quarterbacks, he ruins everybody, take those opinions, shine them up real nice, mm-hmm. turn that bitch sideways, and stick mm-hmm. them straight up your candy ass! Because mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that shit anymore. Yeah, man. He turned one of the most unheralded recruits into not just a competent quarterback, but a winning quarterback. That's why you hired the guy. Because that's what he did in Cincinnati. That's what he did in Central Michigan. That's what he did at Grand Valley fucking State. That's yep. the guy that you knew was in there. And he found it. For whatever reason, he missed on the rest of the recruits. For whatever reason, whether it is that mesh or some fucking quarterback guru trying to swap brooms at him while the quarterbacks are blindfolded, whatever it may be. Brian Kelly put this together. Can I just say he put this together and and found Tommy Reese. I mean, what? I mean, crony just- hire, crony hire, uninspired. You fired. Uh, I don't even remember his fucking name now. Chip Long. You fired Chip Long. That was your outside hire. You should have stuck with it. Oh, all this bullshit about stuff in the locker room or whatever. This is all the cover just to give Tommy Reese the job. Nope. Mm. Everyone <laughs> sit and spit. At this point, what Tommy Reese has done for Brian Kelly as a, just as a human whether it was on, on the field at the time or now as a coordinator, and I'm assuming as friends and probably beat him on the golf course or whatever the fuck. Now, just that, that, that bond. I mean, who has any questions? What are your fucking questions at this point? You can't tell me that there's any doubt in your mind at this point when you see the result of what he's done. I mean, Brian Kelly, when he, when, when, even when Chip Long, and Chip Long, if you don't fucking remember, not only was he an offensive coordinator at Memphis, he also coached tight ends. Yep. Okay, and when he showed up here with his embarrassment of riches at tight end, what did he fucking do? Not really Not much with shit. them. Yeah, and yeah, and then all of a sudden, Tommy Reese steps up and says, "Oh my god, how tall are these motherfuckers?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they they want to eat everybody that they block? 
Yeah. And, and now what, what are your questions? Please. The floor is yours. I challenge <laughs> you. You know, like there's nothing left. This is the team he wanted. This is the result he was looking for. And now that's it. I mean, the, the W is the W. The, took, goal, the mountaintop. We, it we took reached such <laughs> a long time to get here. And I understand that. I know somebody needed to see the proof in the pudding. But here we go. It's here. You got it. I know it wasn't a Trevor Lawrence-led team. We're going to get that shot. We're going to get it. Like, unless it all falls apart. And Lord have mercy if it does, we will be despondent. We will very highly question what actually happened to make it so. But here it is. The proof is here. Notre Dame did what they needed to do. A lot of people counted them out. I I flashed it up with the, the tally side picks. Everybody about pick Clemson. I picked Notre Dame. I didn't give a fuck. And the cover. And the cover. Fucking head barstool dingus. Pick Clemson not just to win, but to cover. That makes me so happy. We ruined everybody's day. Yep. Everybody's. It's over. It's over. We made it. We all made it. We've all survived. Everything we've been through since 2016, and I fucking mean everything <laughs> we've been through, okay, came to today. Everything came to today. You're welcome. We, we fucking persevered, and here we are. Worth it. Feels great. It, it feels yeah. awesome. Um, and, and the thing that I kind of love about it, like, yeah, Clemson had to go on the road, but it was a perfect picturesque day like there were shots of the student section like in short sleeve shirts there were girls in tube tops and tank tops and everything like it was not your typical notre dame november day like you couldn't blame it on anything beyond yeah if you want to say that okay it was a lawrence thing sure fine whatever go for it okay have fun yeah i'm sorry but every time people say that was the lawrence thing my answer is going to be the equivalent of doesn't matter had sex (laughs) <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter I had sex keep walking you know sorry doesn't matter beat you doesn't meter doesn't matter it, it, it doesn't matter I, I there's nothing you can go back and say that changes the result on the fucking on the board at the end of the day that's it absolutely it'll be fun to see where the ap poll does end up landing at the end of the day uh but the big tens if Ohio State ever falters, the Big Ten's out of the playoff. It's ACC. It's SEC. And we'll see what you do over there, Pac-12. We'll see what happens. Yep. We'll see. God, it feels good to be in the driver's seat for a change. Hell yeah, it does. We, I mean, we've been hanging on razor's edges every single time it comes to that. Yep. And in November, all of a sudden, we're like, yeah, we see the clear and bright path forward. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Oh. It's amazing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, man. On that, I, I feel like I just need to. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna try to sleep and not not be successful at all. I'm gonna try to not sleep and see yeah. if I can do the video game end of this extra life marathon. Uh, and I'll edit in the music later. We'll we'll get it yeah. in. But y'all, this was absolutely incredible. Thank you, everybody. We got 23 donations from like uh, Wednesday to now. 
And throughout the entire year, we have over $11,000. Y'all have broken another record of mine for Extra Life. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. And now we just got to keep it going. Beat the yep. shit out of Boston College, yo. Oh, we got to do BBC. Now it's one week at a time. Make it to the playoffs. Um, I guess that's it, Shane, right? Yeah, I think we're good. I think we've about covered it. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be reliving this. We're gonna be talking about this basically every fucking week for the. <laughs> we're gonna be like, yeah, BC, but they're not Clemson, and we beat those fuck faces. You know, it's it's gonna be something like that. So let's just enjoy it. Let's just enjoy it. And please remember, everyone, gloat, gloat as much as you fucking can because it's been way too long since you've had a chance to do it. So Absolutely. just rub it in fucking everyone's face and don't apologize. This is your chance. Love it. Yes. And and, and y'all, look, join us normally over at twitch.tv slash sons. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure to join the HLS Discord over at herlittlesons.com slash Discord. And of course, we're always at herlittlesons.com. We did it, y'all. We beat number one. Oh, we got one more donation. Another $47.40 donation. That's going to be a popular number. I have a feeling going forward. I think so. Now go Irish, beat COVID, and beat Eagles. Y'all have a good one. Bye.